Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 9 of the Unpaid and Underrated podcast on NPR. I am your host, Big Joy. I'm joined here by my guests, Big Keith. Hello! <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me. And uh, and what are we calling you today? Big Waffle Iron? Big Waffle Stone? Uh, big... Big Steve, big waffles doesn't matter. Big Steve, we'll get to we'll get to the the waffle stuff at some point, I assume. Oh yeah. Well, this is the podcast uh, for crew by crew about crew about Jaeger and a lot of platypus talk. Let's dive right in. Let's dive right in because I'm actually excited to share what I'm drinking today. Ooh. Okay, but I want you guys to go first. Okay, I, I guess I'll start. Yep. I'm drinking uh, some milk out of a lift glass because I'm fancy. Is that the first milk we've had on? I can't. I, I think that might be the first milk. I like that you just you just orange glazing over the lift glass. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> that is, oh, is that, uh, I've never seen that in my life. You've never seen the lift glass? No. Is that some OG stuff? I don't know. Or did you make that? No, that 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 was a couple of years ago, I guess. Oh, Carol String would have destroyed that on me. Oh yeah, they had to have. Why, that's probably why they don't have them anymore. Because I'm sure fifty percent showed up broken. <laughs> yeah. Is it dishwasher safe? I, I was gonna say. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've got at least two of them. Two dishwashers? No, two two glasses. <laughs> Although, when your dishwasher breaks, you kind of start thinking about maybe I should just have a spare every appliance and you know just keep them in, in the basement or something. I've just got hands. They do dishes pretty well. Yeah. Well, my my wife has it. My wife has uh, issues every every time I uh, I wash dishes. So I'm kind of banned from that that chore. Yeah, if you're uh, if you're incompetent enough at certain you know chores in the house, you get out of them. So that's called weaponized incompetence. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fairly aware of that one. <laughs> Yeah, we've I've never ne- never had the luxury of a dishwasher. So that is uh I've been hand washing dishes for 38 years. Who was it on the podcast that was just like what's the point cuz you got to wash them before you put them in anyway. And then you just you're just re- pre-washing them to put them in the washer so the washer can just get them wet and you feel like they're cleaner. It just makes me think of uh Joe Dirt with the uh scrubbing bubbles. Scrubbles, yep. <laughs> Where he goes uh they they do the work so you don't have to. No, I didn't. <laughs> Keith, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm working on the road this week, and it's my last uh, drink I have in the fridge. It's the uh, Wegman's Mandarin Orange. So nothing, nothing fancy, but I didn't really have time to get out and buy anything. Been uh, you know living that hotel life, working on the road. So it's what it's what we got. And I'll can uh, jump to well, I'll never mind. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. I was going to jump to the next segment and say, and I'm not wearing a masonomic shirt either. So, but you still got to tell us what you're drinking. Cause. Uh, I'm pretty excited. So my wife got me uh, this really fancy, um, like cucumber, melon, mint, prebiotic sparkle drink. But I told her, fuck that. I went and bought a, bought a can of hop water. I've been hearing about that. Cause I wanted to hear it's all the rage on the masonomics podcast. Um, so this is a, this will be the first sip. Yeah. Well, I had a bit of one the other night from Morgan's mm-hmm. just because I picked up the wrong can. Uh, but this is made by the Upper Thames in Woodstock, Ontario. I was there the other day. Uh, a big fancy brewery. I felt so out of place in my like lift sweater mm-hmm. and jeans. And then you got all these like 
guys that clearly either own the construction site or own the golf course just sitting around drinking craft beer and terrible wings. All right. Had to be super awkward wearing your Eat Ass shirt, not too. <laughs> I should have worn that one, but I just came from work. All right. Let's we'll see what it's Tanner like- says about all this. It smells like hops. Yeah. 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 Um, how far north are you, Steve? Where are you? I'm in north central Connecticut. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys have spruce trees? Mm, not really. No. Do you get spruce trees up where you are, Keith? Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not a botanist. All right. Um, it's an arborist. I'm not an arborist. Yeah. yeah. Her, her, her too. So, um, every spring, I learned this from uh, some of my indigenous friends. Um, when spruce trees are growing, you'll have their dark green and then you'll have their uh, bright green tip. And if you walk up and you just bend the bright green tip, it'll break where it's new. You don't want to do too many because that's the tree growing, but they are edible. They're soft. Uh, and they are just really high in vitamin C. What you do is you either just eat them raw. It's fantastic. Or you can just put them in your water. And that's what this tastes like. This is essentially just spruce tip water to me. Uh, but then it has that weird kind of hoppy fart aftertaste. Like you get the lemon and the citrus from it. And then you just get that weird like hoppiness. Bleh. But it's the only water I have. So we're going to drink that before we get into the Keats. So as a as a as a guy that doesn't drink a whole lot of fancy, you know, beers and whatnot, I don't think I know what hops taste like or what it is like at all. Is there something hops adjacent that I might be able to relate to so I can like spruce tips? The... Yeah, no, no, that's the one. So like, so... nope, <laughs> those are the only two. Okay, no, um, grapefruit hops okay. generally are just highly citrusy, like pine okay. salt. Yeah, pretty much what hops are. Uh, I don't think I'd want to drink that. <laughs> it's just, it's lemon. It's honestly just lemony. And, and then the hops add this bitterness to it at the end. There's so many different kinds of hops too, right? There's bitter hops. There's wait, Keith, you, you didn't just randomly drink like pine salt, the cleaning supplies no, as a kid. No, not either. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, you know, you, at, at what point when you're like smelling something, are you eating it? Cause like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's in general. Like, like, cause it's all going, like, you're digesting some micro particles every time that you even smell something. So, in, in that aspect, you know, SMD, FDB, right? Cause some of you haven't like smelled something and like you can like almost taste it, like if it's so potent. Yeah. So, I, I, I can taste it on my tongue. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a taste that you use your, ah, fuck, I butchered that. Uh, you had it there. You had it there. Damn it. Oh. It's a taste you taste with your mouth. Yep. There you go. All right. Uh, so you're not wearing a Masonomic shirt. We are, no. We're 10 minutes in. How are we for time? <laughs> yeah, I wore, I, I did wear two this week. Um, I, I only packed two and I wore them both to the gym and tonight's actually got complimented on. So I was pretty happy about that. Uh, the, the power lifter, uh, record holder. I had like two people comment on it. So I was pretty proud of that, but current, currently I'm not wearing one. <laughs> I see Steve, you, now you have one of my favorites on. Yep. I, I got the, uh, the sister podcast shirt on right now. The seven year. Yep. Mm. I have the flag. Or no, th- this is the this is the animated one. Three hundred. It's a three hundred episode, right? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, I have the seventh year in red. That's it. Yeah, I, I was wearing the uh, the wolf pack one earlier today. The wolf pack one. The the, the wolf one. 
the Mastonomics in the front and then the Wolf in the back. Oh, okay. I don't know what that one's called, but I just call it the Wolf Pack one. I actually, I think this one has a wolf on it. I'm doing the Live Large Massonomics nice. collab. The, the party never ends, and uh, that's some of my shirt. So I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but I've complained about it before. I recently just like got rid of all my smalls and moved up to mediums. Now the mediums are getting kind of tight, <laughs> and I'm wondering <laughs> if it's time to just back off the creatine for a bit. And like, because I'm the heaviest I've been in, I think ever right now, and. It's not getting better. So we either have to start really tracking our food or, you know, back Oof. off the creatine or do something because I'm starting to worry about having to redo my entire wardrobe again. I did just check their website. The official name of the Massonomic shirt with the wolf on it is called the Truck Stop shirt. Okay. Never would have gotten that one. I think he's making that up. To harken back. You know, <laughs> up to, oh, truck, yeah. wolf, to wolf shirts at truck stops. <laughs> <laughs> the three wolf moon it, it makes sense so I'm not gonna deny that one <laughs> big kevin finally had his baby is that what you're telling me here yeah yeah it was uh big kevin's wife congratulations to her they uh i think it was a few days ago they uh posted it privately and i think they just went public with it today that's fantastic congrats everybody involved there but mostly the one that did all the work yes not kevin <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, Kevin's wife. I would say so. Exactly. I feel like I know her name. I just I feel bad right now not having it on my. I looked at it. I should have. I should have typed it in the notes. I'm not gonna guess, but I knew what it was a couple months ago when I, you know, DM'd her and had you know, all, all his show notes and everything. And I even saw it today because I was gonna type it into the show notes. But yeah, drop the ball on that. So, Big Nate, go ahead and edit edit it in for us. Good to go. <laughs> yeah, make us look bad. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of people whose name we don't say very often, and probably won't say anymore, we got st- they got stiffed, they got stood up, they got left yeah. behind like Big Dave's old girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, big. Uh, if if a lot of people might not have really caught on to that because they didn't really say it, I don't think they mentioned it in the podcast specifically who it was going to be, but. The uh, episode that we'll rate in a little bit uh, was supposed to be Steffi Cohen as a guest. And uh, I think she was she was a guest a few years ago with her uh, then fiance, Hayden. Uh, it was a good episode back in the day. Tanner had it all lined up for her to come on last week. And yeah, she just uh, didn't show up. I think she texted him later in the evening that she, you know, she had, just something just came up. So, you know, it, it happens, happens, man. They're it. Like, it happens. But it was just it was just kind of funny because. After the Shane Hunt thing, you know, doing that twice, it was just kind of like, you know, when you're when you're listening along live and you can just kind of like see the facial reactions of the host when they're like, yeah, it's been about 40 minutes and, you know, they're not in the waiting room. It's like it's just kind of funny. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see if someone that does that to us uh, at, at some point. But I, I think we would just not record because we pretty much have the guest on right off the bat. So, it would, uh, yeah, we can record just ourselves. I mean. It's not like we don't do this very often, but I I'd also like to you know point out that at least we got to make the Big Dave reference there. That was really yes, I was really excited do to do that. <laughs> that was a that was a good episode. I hope everyone uh, hasn't been enjoying that in the last week. That was our second two hour one too. I didn't even realize it until we got off. I was like, Jesus, that was another that was another two hour twenty minutes something or other. So we've yeah, been uh, can't keep doing that. No, we're we're capping this one at forty five minutes. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> No, no problem with me. <laughs> That's I'm I'm kidding. We've never ever done timestamps. 
No. Did anyone uh, get a chance to watch any of the YouTube videos in the last couple of weeks? I did, actually. I, nice. Yeah. Which one did yeah. you watch, Steve? Did you get both I, of them I or watched, one? I watched the uh, Sam Selleck one, like, okay. maybe an hour ago. Same. Actually, me too. Yep, same. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Well, what what's your thoughts on the video and then Sam Selleck as a whole, I guess? Um, I, I think it was an interesting approach, just uh, trying to figure out how the heck he's, you know, rising so quickly and he seems like an odd character where he's just like well not even odd it's like he's so stereotypical like you know just gym bro that is just having a good time that it makes it like refreshing kind of like the throwback to uh like omar and uh like silent mike back in the day kind of gives you the uh the jim mcd vibes yeah, yeah. I haven't had a chance to really watch too much of Sam's stuff. Uh, I, you know, watched a few minute intro video and I was like, I don't know. As not a bodybuilder, like I could care less about anything bodybuilding related. Like, give me all the power in the world, but I don't give a fuck about bodybuilding in any way, shape, or form. Um, but it was cool, like Tanner's little wrap up video. I don't know that it motivated me to go watch any of his stuff or anything, but uh, listening live on the episode last night, uh, so the episode that'll be coming out, I guess, the day before this airs uh tanner like what watch watching tanner's live reaction to being like yeah last time i looked he had five hundred uh thousand instagram followers and he looked again like a week later so it was like you know nine hundred and like two thousand so like tanner's like wow. exuberant reaction to this kid doubling his instagram followers almost was uh was pretty cool to see live mm-hmm. uh yeah i i actually know i knew of sam wow um just before you know we all started talking about him um, I, from what I can gather, I mean, if I had to give my own kind of why we, why people are liking him, I'm not going to watch his videos. That's just 20 minutes of my day that I could be doing literally anything else with. Um, yeah. but to see somebody just genuinely talking about, I'm going to the gym, this is the pump I'm going to get. This is my food. Like too many influencers now, uh, you know, actually, I was going to make something today, and I'll probably still post it on my quote side. And it's just there's too much um, ragging on other people. There's too much. Well, I, my haters think I can't do it, or you, you know, the going to the war stuff. The um, let me tell you why this person's wrong. Those types of influencers. Those con- whoop. <laughs> I, love, I love it. It's my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite word on the podcast. Uh, oops. Uh, those guys that walk around in grocery stores telling you what's not healthy and, and is healthy. Like all these guys are so superficial. They're so vain. They're obviously grifters that I can absolutely see why somebody like Sam comes in and he's just like, let's go to freaky pump. Look at that. Look at, look at these arms. Look at when I do that. Like I could see why people are just suddenly into that. Yeah, because you know we're we're so saturated with the other crap, and you know me being the fan of the anti-influencer influencer, right? You know that's even how I kind of model a lot of my thoughts. I can see it. Am I gonna do anything with it? No, but <laughs> anyway, that's my opinion on the thing. I barely know anything about because that's what podcasts are. that's a fair take um what so i was kind of frustrated last week we didn't get a chance to talk about because we 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 ended up uh recording on last wednesday so every time we record on wednesday we miss their we typically will miss their youtube video that week so two weeks ago's youtube video was the hundred thousand dollar uh 
uh, commercial oh, yeah. tour. So that one I actually really enjoyed just because I'm a, you know, obviously he was clearly reading off some sort of Google Docs or Google spreadsheets, you know, and he didn't just pull his numbers out of his ass. So like I'm always, always appreciative of like details in that aspect. So, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that. He at the end, he was like, "Yeah, we only came up to like 86, but I'm, I plan on buying this, 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 and this, and that'll clearly put us over 100 grand." So I was, <laughs> I, I definitely enjoyed that video. That that was his excuse to immediately spend 14 grand just to yeah, put himself sure. over the edge, <laughs> like he, like he needed it. Can't be a liar. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch that one because I actually, like I said, time there's time is money, and money is time. <laughs> When when we were at the uh, Lithard Live Easy on uh, the the Sunday morning, he was talking about that uh, the Elite FTS forty five degree hyperextension, mm-hmm. and so it was like at that time he was kind of hemming and hawing whether or not he was going to buy it, and then it was like that's on the list. All right, we're we're doing it now. <laughs> I- I, I really hope that having Big Caden on the podcast right before that and him kind of calling Tanner out to buy one helped push over just, you know, just that little bit to actually get it on their wish list. Oh, yeah. Well, good. Now Big Caden can finally get strong. Yep. Yeah. He's, you know, after seeing his performance, it looks hard to be the classic. He needs all the help he can get. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think he totaled like 600 pounds more than me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he went for like a 430 bench or something like that. Oh Jesus! I can't even squat four thirty. <laughs> I, I I actually do like that joke, and I sometimes I say it to Morgan when I'm like, I might need a deadlift bar, and she's like, Why? And I was like, Well, then I can finally get strong. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> like now, <laughs> now I can finally get strong because I bought this one piece of equipment. Well, yeah, that that's how buying equipment works, right? Yeah. You just need that one piece. Yeah, just the only thing I'm missing. I need Atlas stones so that I can finally get strong. Right. She's not buying it. She's smarter than I am. Well, yeah, she didn't have to buy it as long as you buy it. <laughs> but I think, I think, I think the Atlas straw, straw, like, like strongman stuff like that, where you're going odd lifts and you're lifting something completely non-conventional, like ironically, would make you stronger. Like, like yeah. because that's you're, you know, you're only going to get so strong doing a barbell movements. So like, you're, you're going to get good at doing barbell movements. Whereas you start doing some odd, odd lifts like that, you're going to like build muscle and endurance in places that you're not unless you're doing these odd lifts with, with a lot of the strongman stuff though like atlas stone sandbags all of those medleys and stuff it, it's still a form of a deadlift so that's why like every strongman has a really good deadlift yeah it's just like oh today we're, we're not going to deadlift but we're going to do stones and you still have to you know deadlift the stone up so you always have that really strong back just from you know Every movement is either, you know, you're working your log, you're you're doing, you know, log cleans or something like that. It's a form of a deadlift at some point, whether it's, you know, lower intensity or not. Yeah, that's why you know, when we were playing at the Stones, speaking of the Sunday morning, when we were playing with the Stones. Yep. I still wanted to do it, but I just knew that, like, I was not ready, not warmed up or anything. But I feel like it might be good. No, but my, my first pick, my first pick of the Stone, I was just like... Oh my god, I am so stiff from yesterday. Yep. Well, I didn't even lift, and I just walked up, and I think I did the one twenty, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna try the one eighty. Yeah, that's a big jump. They need to definitely he fills that void if there there really wasn't like anything between that jump. That's crazy. Not that I was gonna bother looking for. Okay. Right. Oh, so yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so speaking of um, the Massonomics podcast, looks like we should bring back an old segment where we rate last week's episode. 
Keith, did you happen to get through it? Yeah, no, I, I think I actually, yeah, so I listened to that entire episode live. So it was almost frustrating because I didn't have anything to do uh, on my long drive out to Albany this week. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I always enjoy the uh, the full two-hour-ish episodes where I'm just sitting there listening, listening along. And, you know, I think by the time they got off, there's only like three, you know, the the live recording will start out with 10, 12 people and it pretty much will always end with like three or four at the most typically. So uh, it was kind of cool to be one of those last hangers on. So uh, I don't know if I would have given it a higher rating or a lower rating if Steffi was on, but I like the boys. So since, since I like the boys, you know, since our sisters are doing a good job over there, we'll go ahead and give it a five out of five JDs for last week's uh, two man show. The fair rating. What say you big Steve? So I really enjoy when when they don't have a guest. So, like it, it was a solid episode. I'd, I'd give it a five out of five. It was exactly what what I wanted, and it, it kept me excited enough so that I watch. I listened to most of it on Sunday night, where normally I wait until Monday morning to listen. So, that's fair. It it really caught my attention. Um, I actually did listen to it all, and actually, like I stopped tuning in live. If I have to be honest with you. Um, because I prefer to listen and I find that if I've already listened, I either, uh, catch stuff I didn't hear the first time, which is fine, but I find myself kind of just getting impatient. So I I actually don't join live very often anymore, especially if I'm working late and I have to like try and like mess with discord while I'm driving home or something. And that's just, and and most Wednesdays I do. Um, so I listened to the whole thing. Um, Really enjoy, uh, really enjoyed all the the freaky pump talk, because that's a really funny phrase. Um, so I'm going to give it a five. I think we're going to sell on a five for that one, guys. Yeah. So, big Kevin, and you know, I know you don't have anything to do this weekend, so go ahead and keep those uh, spreadsheets up to date with our ratings for us, please. I know. Yeah, he is. He's got to do that. Um, he didn't have anything else in his hands. <laughs> he's not doing it well. Like, yeah. Steve, big Steve, do you, have, do you have kids? I have two. I've got a, a one daughter that's three and a half, and another daughter that's uh, one and a half. Like so that- most most fathers wouldn't like to admit this, and I, I'm probably somebody's going to get mad at me for saying it. But honestly, for the first like six months of an infant's life, the dad is just there to help the mom. We can change the yeah. diapers. We can get up. But if she's like breastfeeding and if she's like, you know, the, the primary caregiver, there's not a ton that we can accomplish, especially if she's fully like fully breastfeeding. Right. right? Yeah. We, we, we had some interesting. Uh, so like my my older daughter wouldn't latch. Mm-hmm. So it was always bottle fed. So she was an interesting case and she was a preemie. So she was like four pounds. So it was like, you know, she's absolutely tiny where, where you're trying to feed her. So, yeah. And she woke up every two or three hours. So my wife was kind of going insane with, with her the first you know year. Yep. But I mean, I, it's not to say the dads don't do anything. Like, no, but like I, I got twice as much sleep as my wife. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's unfortunately, you know, it's just all on them and, that's yeah. why we respect the hell out of them. Um, mm-hmm. So that was last week's episode. Keith in a commercial gym. I cannot wait to hear about that. I wasn't. It's God. Like, 
So I do train a fair amount when I in a commercial gym when I'm on the road. Uh, I just haven't had to do it in like six months, basically. So I feel like every time I'm at the gym, like are the broccoli heads multiplying? Like are just like this like the new generation of lifters that are just like so there's 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 three combo racks in this gym I go to, and the same group of like six or seven people were just like there the entire time, like just just like I didn't even get a chance to like I couldn't have got a mono re- or a, a combo rack if I had tried. So it's just I don't know. I'm very spoiled in having my gym. So even when I do go to a commercial gym, even a really good commercial gym, it's still kind of like all right, I want to go home now, but uh just having the access to a couple pieces of equipment like one thing like it, this is kind of like surprising to hear but like the one thing i almost always go to use at a commercial gym when i'm there is the uh a uh cavaries in a, in a tibia machine if they have one just because i've got i've got really bad uh ankles like i broke my right ankle like three times and i've sprained it another like 20 so getting like just basically really good like deep stretches and mobility work via the uh the, the, the seated cavaries it's like one thing I will like refuse not to do when I'm uh, at a commercial gym. So, uh, but the only other thing I guess I want to comment on that is they uh, this this gym has always had like really good uh, powerlifting equipment and stuff, but for some reason they recently got rid of a couple of Dex- Texas deadlift bars and replaced them with fucking rogue deadlift bars. And I was just like, what? Like no feder no federation uses this bar. Like it's not that it yes it is it is it whippier than a power bar? Sure, clearly because it's skinnier, but it's not as wide as a texas deadlift bar which is like the standard uh it's just it's just odd to me like unless he got them like super cheap it's just really weird to drop money on um, a robohile deadlift bar when there's other options that are actually used and you know powerlifting meets so that's my little rant on that i see so no no chronicles like like tommy's got no i i you know i I have the SSB at every gym I go to, so it's not like a, ooh, an SSB. <laughs> That's why I sent the uh, the pick in the Discord of my my three that I picked up now. Oh, nice. Why? That's a lot. Well, so so I found that there was somebody on, I think it was on Marketplace that had the crap and sec one, so I just wanted the really old vintage one. I hate that. I really don't like that one. I don't know. Well, it, it was only 50 bucks. Oh, yeah. That's good. I I sold so the, for <laughs> yeah, and then there was another one that was uh an elite FTS. So it was like that one was one fifty and it was the same guy. So I was like, all right, two hundred bucks. I can do that. If you can drop it off at my parents' farm, like I'll give you an extra twenty bucks for delivery for, for those two, just so I have them just in case. Oh yeah, it's like five hundred dollars with the SSBs on the used market even, so that's a great deal. Yeah, so it was like one of those where it was like it was so cheap that even if I'm not going to use them, because I just bought the uh, uh, SS Yoke when it was on sale, like last Black Friday or something like that. Because I, I had sold my uh, Transformer bar. I had the version 3 and I couldn't stand it. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a Transformer fan. So I, I sold that for a bear squat and I, I had the one SSB and then I was like, all right, this is too good of a deal not to buy them. So I just you know, made it an investment. Uh, Transformer bar is Kabuki. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They've had like they they've had like five iterations of it. Like so, the brand new one might be better. Like I don't know. Like I I still think yeah the handles are way too long for a guy like me that has like a, a pretty big stomach. So when I'm squatting with an, an SSB that has like in, ex, you know elongated handles, like I literally have nowhere to put my arms because the handles are just hitting hitting my stomach. Like mm. I've had very bad luck for that, and I just 
I don't like the the adjustments on it. Like I couldn't find one that felt like an SSB or like the low bar like it claims. So I don't know. I borrowed. I think I had like the version three, maybe I borrowed from my coach for like a month, and I was like, yeah, I'm not dropping like 600 bucks on this like, at all. Give me my SSB. I, I had the the version three too, and it was like my my neighbors. They were in eighth grade at the time. They came over during COVID. And wanted to learn how to lift. And one one of them was like 95 pounds soaking wet. And like the padding is too thin. So that like anyone that's really short. it The bar is like almost falling off in between them. Because they're they're too small of a person. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why. Especially with long handles too. It was like. You know. It, it was just a horrible bar for somebody that's that small. You know. Five foot. 95 pounds. They need a different bar, so it's just like, all right, I I need something that I know everyone can use. So I went with the the SS yoke. Now, how do you like the Kreppen set? Because I I'm I'm probably gonna piss a lot of people off. Like I hated the idea of not having hand. Like like I get that you should be able to hold on to the SSB just with your you know like just to have it sit yeah. on your body. But like I need my my hands need to do something. I don't necessarily need to like push it up or pull it down. My my hands need to be on the fucking bar and the crepin sec. Like there was just nowhere to put it, and it just really ugh, I did I did not like it. But it's a really yeah. popular bar because I think it was the first SSB. Yep. Yeah, I, I honestly haven't used it yet because I, I went from uh, <laughs> a, a cycle of SSB to giant Cambridge bar, and so I'm still on on my third week of uh, giant Cambridge bar. So I, I haven't had a chance to use any of the other new bars that I have. I will be curious. Uh, DM me once you use it. Let me know how you like it. But we'll probably uh, move on from the sets and reps. I think I think Joey fell asleep on us. I, I really liked when he said you don't know what to do with your hands because it's <laughs> Talladega Nights, yeah. right? Talladega Nights. I don't know the what car, to do with the, my the, hands. The car handled real good. <laughs> uh, you've seen Talladega Nights, though, right, Keith? I have, yeah. It's I've just seen. Anchorman you've opted out of watching, the superior yeah. of the, the two. I didn't. I did not love Talladega Nights. I think that's like a 5 out of 10 for me. But I don't know. I think at this point, like, it's so quotable, though. It's so stupid that it's quotable. I don't like stupid comedy. Like I don't. I oh, I don't. I like I like, com- I, like com- I don't like a lot of stupid comedy. Like I, I guess it, so. If it, I guess it's more of a if I saw it when I was young and it was just like something that instilled in me, I was like, cool. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to watch stupid comedy now. Like like Dumb and Dumber's okay, and like I grew up watching that movie, but like I don't think it's like holy grail by any means. To, to go back on your first point. The first half of Talladega Nights is great. The movie is essentially destroyed after Sasha Baron Cohen comes. Yeah. So when he shows up in the bar, they have the whole little fight where he breaks his arm. The movie leading up to that point is incredible. And I don't think I can name a single line after that point. Except for if you don't chew Big Ray. But that may even be before that. So like, yeah, I'll give you that. Um... I, 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 I used to be able to quote the entire movie. Oh, I've nope. I can tell you right now. After I love crepes, nothing. Like I, I couldn't even tell you what happens in the movie. I think there's a dog somewhere. Um, the guy from Conan O'Brien, I think, is in it. He plays Sasha Baron Cohen's husband. Yep. Yeah, like it. Sure, all of that stuff happens. Uh, they they want to just uh, train Komodo dragons in Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Oh, and I like to party. I like to party is actually the. Why do you want to control the volume and the the music at the same time? 
because I like to party. Like that's the funniest response to anything. Um, but hey, you want to come over and play GI Joes? I I would challenge that you don't like stupid comedy. I don't know. Like, what do you? What's what's high level comedy to you? I'd have to, I'd, I'd have to consort with the spreadsheet. High level know. comedy. Like, mm, I like Shakespeare. What you do about nothing? Like, I think my favorite comedy of that like era, like like nineties, whatever. Uh, just like uh, out out cold is probably one of my favorite. Like just, out like, cold not, is a really underrated. Uh, out cold, my out, out cold. I would put above like you know all those other movies. Honestly, I don't think I've seen that. Oh, it's great! It, it, it's the first movie that Zach Gal- Galifianakis was in, and yeah. it's weird because he he plays a more serious role. And his brother in the movie Pigpen is essentially <laughs> every character that Zach Galifianakis has played yeah. ever since. He uh, fucks the fucks the hole in the hot tub and gets his dick stuck in it. I think that was great. Yeah, not not stupid though. That's definitely not stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I was also like fourteen. I think the first time I saw that movie. So like, I think a lot of it is timing. So like, yeah, I, I think uh, a a. a a semi-relevant uh, quote that someone told me once that is kind of on along those lines is uh, you don't miss a place, you miss a time. So mm-hmm. you can cor- correlate that in the kind of like movies. Like would that, would a lot of these movies we're talking about hold up today for everyone? Like, I mean, probably, but like some definitely, some, some people will be like, yeah, that, that definitely doesn't hit like it did when I was a kid or, or it's it, or if you watched it now and you didn't see it as a kid, you'd be like, this is stupid. But since you did see it as a young adult, it just kind of like instilled in you that, hey, I like this movie. I don't know. So I, I take I take kind of a different perspective. I, I almost, so like, you, you know when you always used to have cable and you'd have these certain movies that you'd just like, you'd see that they were on and then the next thing you know, you watched the entire movie from where, wherever the starting point was where you noticed it. Yeah. So like, I try and treat all of the streaming services like that, where it's like, all right, this is a movie that I haven't seen in 10 years, but I'm going to pretend like it's on FX right now. And I'm going to just randomly watch it and see if it holds up. And most of the time it doesn't, but yeah, it's I fine. Can. Cause it's, it, it's that movie that you think, you know, okay, this is a totally me- mediocre movie, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. I don't need to see that again. <laughs> like, yeah. I, get, I get that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, today, guys, I want to tell you about the Massonomics podcast, who Captain America 556 rated five stars and said, this podcast is like a McDonald's apple pie. You don't know it exists, but once you get it inside of you, it leaves you wanting more. Great podcast. I learned so much about nothing. Or this glowing review from Big John's favorite athlete, HL. Would love to give you guys these two guys six stars because they are the best lifting podcast about nothing however they refuse to add timestamps, so they will have to settle for this five-star review if you'd like to get in on some of these amazing hilarious reviews head on over to whatever streaming service you use preferably apple and leave a five star we hit the road to 500 let's get to a thousand all at massonomics.com well that's that's my sponsor read for you guys well, that was a pretty good one. It's better yeah. than I could have done, so we appreciate it. I feel like I feel like reading five star reviews on a podcast is really underrated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think somebody. I think more people should do that. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to spearhead that campaign. Well, it's definitely not unpaid. That's for sure. It's definitely not unpaid. We should get our our guest on the horn. 
yeah, let's see if he's, uh, you know, drag him out of that waiting room. All right. Big Steve, is that you? It is. Been in this waiting room. I, uh, I almost drove 300 miles in the wrong direction, but I'm here. I feel like that's, that's a reference to something. It's uh, Dumb and Dumber. Oh, oh, just when I think you can't screw up anymore, you totally redeem yourself. <laughs> uh, well, you are live yep. on the Unfaded Underrated podcast. <laughs> Welcome, Big Steve. Uh, so, Big Steve, is, uh, if people aren't familiar, he's going to go ahead and tell you where you can find him on Instagram because he's one of our, uh, he's one of those guys that doesn't like put his name in his Instagram. So, go ahead and tell everybody how they can find you on Instagram and Discord if you'd like. Yeah. So, I am. Big Steve Waffle Iron Jim on Discord and just Waffle Iron Jim on Instagram. Gotcha. Well, yeah. Everybody, everybody go follow Waffle Iron Jim on Discord and let's keep growing this community of crew that we're all a fan of. And according to my uh, my squat rack, the chalk on it says that it's a fictitious training center. So, what's fictitious, the training or the center? Both. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Steve, what, uh, what brought you to Massonomics, buddy? Can you go ahead and tell us your uh, entry to this whole thing that we're in love with? Yeah, so there was, there was this other podcast that Jim McDee was on. And in preparation for this, I, I was trying to figure out when I started listening to Massonomics. And it turns out it was episode 90, which was December of 2017, right before... Uh, Mark Bell's whatever he does now. He does he does he does power he does power project now, which I don't I don't know anyone that's ever listened to more than half an episode of Power Project, but I think everyone's listened to, you know, most of your uh, yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I got really into my first podcast was the Power Powercast. Powercast was amazing. And you know, I, I went through all of the all of the backlog with that, and then it was like as it was ending. It was like, all right, I need to find something new. So in 2017, I had just gotten into powerlifting and I was like, all right, I got to listen to something else. And I searched for like lifting podcasts besides that one. And it was like world's strongest podcast. And I'm like, I don't know how that works, but okay. And that that's where I picked up and just really got into it ever since then. So I'm actually really jealous of that because I was... Like well, uh, unlike you, when that when Powercast ended, I was just kind of floating in the wind for a couple of years before I found my home at Massonomics. So, be uh, you're probably one of the few people that were able to make that smooth transition because at that time Massonomics was like I don't know, not huge in 2017. So that was uh, cool. You were able to find them. Yeah, it was. I, I don't remember. I I couldn't figure out when I got my first shirt from them, but it was. It was back when it was basically only the the beer parody shirts, mm-hmm. like bench heavy. I have I've got the uh, the Buddy Light one. I've, I've got a bunch of the the originals because I initially started with trying to get everything. Besides, I'd missed out on the Mastonomics Numero Uno, and so I was trying to keep up with everything up until a certain point where it was like, all right, I financially can't can't afford to <laughs> yep. keep up with this anymore. My dresser can't hold any more Massonomic shirts. Like that's, I have an entire drawer just for them. 
Well, and so like the the high school kids started coming over because with COVID in 2020. So like my neighbors were like, hey, we always see you doing weird stuff outside, lifting weights and stuff. Can we come over and work out with you? And it was like, yeah, sure. And that that's when I was like, all right, if they're working hard, I'll get them, you know, when whenever there was a sale or something like that, or like one of the, hey, we have, you know, a size schmedium uh free or whatever it was with your purchase of whatever the tanner special yeah exactly so i i would just give give one of the neighbors one of the shirts that's cool so some of the some of the shirts that i wish i bought for myself i actually gave away to them in a smaller size like the uh the bench in 315 the uh the neighbor that was 95 pounds has that one and i'm i'm still (laughs) like pissed i'm just like damn it i should have gotten one for myself too yeah. So it's, that's, that's kind of cool that you were able to do that. So you said that, you know, o- only the ones that were uh, working hard were able to get some of your old shirts. So, you know, I guess that's a really good time to, you know, not be uh, hardly working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, now, was there one that you wish you had got that you decided like in that time where you're like, I can't do this anymore. And now you're like two years later going, God, I wish I had that shirt. I, I mean, definitely the bench in 315 was one. And then, up until the the fifty hour sale, the blue Jefferson deadlift shirt, I I bought one for one of one of the kids that came over and lifted weights over the summer. And at the meet, I was like, I should have bought, I should have kept it for myself because I, I have the black one, but the blue just really pops. So I was just like, ah, oh, I should have gotten one. And then for the fifty hour sale, it was on sale, and I was like, yep, that's happening. Nice. But the uh, the bench in three fifteen definitely is one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, so speaking of favorites, what is the favorite meet you've done, and why is it the Lift Hard Live Easy Classic? And tell us about your whole weekend experience. Yeah. So that that was uh, that was a cool experience because it was like like I, I've met Big Eddie because he's he's been crazy enough that with his work, you know, he if he's an hour away, it's it's no problem for him. So it was like. I knew him and then we had the um just a Instagram uh group chat with the um crew wolf pack which is all of us that that train in some kind of conjugate style there's like four or five of us with uh Eddie Scants Emmett uh Matt Sesney and Dylan the president of North Dakota so I I knew everyone but I've only met Eddie before and then, uh, you know, I, I meet Scants in, in the airport as everyone's over at Pounders. And we're just like, ah, oh, damn it. We, we don't get to meet anyone anyone yet. And then it was like Friday, we, we get to see everybody. And it's like, oh, crap. Everyone just gets it. So it was, it, it was amazing seeing how, like, the Discord is, like, ev- everyone is who they seem to be. Mm-hmm. in the discord so it was it was it was a crazy time that that was by far the best like the the only other meet and we could get into a little bit later that even comes close is like after my leg injury uh i, I had a meet where i came back and I, I had signed up as soon as i was cleared to uh put weight on my leg again uh i was able to squ- like i signed up thinking i was going to squat the bar and deadlift the bar and that was it just seeing if i could do that kind of thing 
And I ended up doing pretty well at me. It was my first meet with wraps, but that's the only other meet that comes even remotely close to the lift hard, live easy, where it's like the lift hard, live easy was a tailgate party. Yeah. You you know, everybody, nobody's taking anything too seriously. Nobody's, nobody's jostling for, you know, Oh, I'm going to come in first. I'm going to come in second in this, this division. And yeah, you know, so it was just the, it's a bunch of friends just hanging out. And it reminded me of uh, like after high school, one of my friends had like uh, he called it the man lift competition. So it was like strong man in his backyard. And it was just like five or six guys that got together, you know, 20 year olds just hanging out, flipping tires and pulling cars in, in the backyard. And this was exactly like that, where it was like with, with fire, you know, so it was that much better. <laughs> I mean, you can always just light a car on fire and deadlift it. Yeah, I mean, we got to save room for next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he had mentioned like there wasn't anyone you didn't know. I would say there was still like even at the even at the zoo, there was still like you know twenty five percent of the people that did the meet. I'm like, I don't think I talked to you or know you, but the cool thing is like if we all make it out next year, like you're definitely going to be like, okay, I saw you last year, didn't talk to you. I'm going to make a point to talk to you this year. Yeah. So. I feel like there will be a lot, a lo- a, a, there'll be a lot less strangers next year. Basically, everyone should be more, you know, open. Oh, by then we'll have more. everybody on the podcast. Yeah, hopefully. And, and like some of the guys that like you knew and you've talked to, like, like I, I'm a little bit more introverted where it comes to like if I haven't had like as many conversations with you, like in DMs and stuff, I don't know you as well. So it's like I I probably should have talk to a few more people more than I did. And it's just like, ah, damn it. A- afterwards, it's like, I-, I should have talked to and been a little bit more outgoing with, with a bunch of people where it's like, you didn't have time to, to break the ice with some people, you know? And then there yeah. was, there was no time. And I, I've said it a bunch of times. Yeah. There's, I showed up the Friday night, went to Tanner's. I was there at the meet. I was all day. I was at the zoo. I was at breakfast. And there are still people right now that I'm just like, I gotta wish I had more time with that person. But there was like 60 of us. Well, and, and so at, at, at Tanner's house, and I, I still remember this and I still regret this. So I was like, it, it was like the most awkward, like starstruck when, when Joey comes walking in. And as soon as I see him and I, he's like walking off the patio and I just go big Keith. And I'm like, Oh, you idiot. That's, that's Joey. You <laughs> that's hysterical. That did. And I, I just see Joey and Joey's like, did, did, now, did Joey actually catch that? Or no, I don't think I did. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I, I think Joey's just like, so confused and just like walks by and I'm just like, I hate myself. <laughs> that might, that might be the, like the funniest, if not my favorite story I think I've ever heard on this episode of this podcast. So that it was like, I, I wasn't expecting to be like nervous or anything like that. And then I, I always do that where it's like, you know, you get a little bit of anxiety before meeting somebody that you should already know kind of thing. And then it's just like, you, you botch it and the first and it's like, ah, oh, it's well, awkward. Sometimes my brain does that. It car- it compartmentalizes something in the wrong part. And you're just like, yeah, that's not Keith. Don't say Keith. Keith. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, no, I can see that. Um, but you did have one of uh I think my favorite things at this meet was the Hawaiian shirt. Tell us a, like give us anybody that doesn't know, give them the story on that. Okay. So Eddie message about Hawaiian shirts in in the uh wolf pack group chat 
And as soon as he did that, so it was similar to the situation with uh, like cardboard cutouts where I needed to be the first. <laughs> so like with the cardboard scant, I just stole the, uh, you know, an image of scant off of his Instagram and it was so low resolution, but I just went with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a horrible cutout, but it, it <laughs> makes it that much better that it's the six foot one. And uh, so with the Hawaiian church, as soon as Eddie did that, and I was just like, I, I can't let anyone beat me to this. I, I need to just go with it. And it was like 35 bucks. So I take the, uh, the image of uh, Tommy from, I think it was, was it Barbend or one of those other podcasts that don't exist? Uh, the <laughs> image from him being on one of those, I stole that. And then as uh, Tanner was doing the um, the Denny Stones, it was a video that I just screenshotted him at the top with his face <laughs> all red. And so I, I did a screenshot of that and put the, the two of them onto the Hawaiian shirt and hope for the best. And the resolution actually came out better than I expected. So I, I made sure that it was you know nice and bright colored and made sure that I wore that the entire weekend. And for 30... 38 bucks i couldn't couldn't <laughs> not do that now how did you uh did you was it just like something you ordered off the internet because like i guess my biggest question is like so you you upload these two images but how does it like auto populate to put it like 20 different images of it or was that just a thing on amazon that like it's it, yeah. it like a, a parody shirt like that, that you so just it add? was it was like gecko customs or something like that and so it it automatically placed all of the images wherever Gotcha. So it was just dumb luck that it came out as well as it did. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it would have been tedious to like like drag thirty images and like just keep duplicating that. Yeah, no, strategically I, put them into place. I I am not tech savvy at all. <laughs> so so it was just uploading the images and hoping for the best, and it turned out way better than I expected. I assume they have an algorithm that does that. Yeah, they take your image because like, I get them on Instagram. Like, get your dog's face on your. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think the the site was uh, Gecko Customs. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's the one. Well, they don't sponsor us, so we don't need to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I've I've looked into other things for for this coming year, but I I'm still working on. I I have ideas, but I haven't. Don't uh, don't say too much on here because someone will snake them from you. So careful. No, that, that's that's fine because I I couldn't figure out how to do it quite yet. And I I talked to Big Jen about it. I think she's the only one that knows my my next my next idea, but I I haven't gone through with it yet. So, uh, well, I I'd like to read a question from Scant if I could. All right. Are you okay with that, Keith? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Scans wants to know, what was it like when you were kicked back and watching the Massonomics podcast on YouTube after just getting back from Tanner's house eating Taco John's? Was that almost too much saturation of Massonomics? Like, if only you guys got stuck on Brock the Rock while doing it. Right? (laughs) Cloud nine. That's all you can say. Like, that entire weekend was, like... Everything was everything you could imagine if you wanted to like schedule a vacation to you know western northeast South Dakota. It was 
It was everything you could dream of. It's like the this. It's not storybook land. It was massonomics land. Like we wouldn't got yeah. to live all of our dreams from all of these silly things we've heard about on the internet. Yeah, and uh, oh, it was. I, I went to Taco John's with with Scants and um, oh, Big Ryan, uh, Jackson Ginger, and so so we we make our orders at taco john's i i forget what i got i got the nachos and something else and big ryan's just like wait what what are you ordering because it was like 25 dollars or something like that and he's like i thought i could eat a lot and i just like inhale everything and he's like holy how did you do that so i, I was feeling it afterwards though <laughs> oh lay your way to the washroom yeah <laughs> <laughs> so we heard you grew up on an apple orchard as a kid. Uh, how was that? How was that? Uh, is that like a, a family or a, a big orchard in the family? Yeah. So my family has been in Connecticut forever. So since 1639. So my my dad, my uncle, a bunch of my cousins, my brother all live on the, the same farm that's been in the family for, I think my brother's son is the 12th generation now. Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, my, my family doesn't move. <laughs> They're very <laughs> stubborn. But, uh, no, it was good. We, like, we, looking back, we had everything. Like, we had a, a 50 by 100 barn where for a while it was a full court basketball court when you didn't have like tractors and stuff like that in there. And eventually it was only half court. But my, my grandfather was also a little bit eccentric. So it was like, he uh he randomly built like a 20 foot climbing wall so we would we would do a lot of dumb stuff mm-hmm. like uh we tried to make a zip line we the climbing rope that we would use for the climbing wall we tied to a forklift and stretched out the the rope with the forklift and tried to zip line into the forklift <laughs> not our best idea but nice, it was a lot of fun nice soft landing yeah exactly um my my brother used to pole vault in high school and we had like the, the giant hay bales for like the hay mazes in the fall. So like a lot of agro tourism and stuff. And, uh, he would try and pole vault onto, on top of that. And when that didn't work out, cause it's like, if you miss, you're falling 15 feet. <laughs> so, uh, instead on, on, of onto a forklift. No, no, luckily we were smart I, enough to I know, I know. away from there, but, uh, <laughs> Then we tried, uh, he put his pole vault pit on the end of our, the dock that went into our pond hmm. and the same problem with like, if you're not landing forward in front of the dock, like sometimes it, when it was hot, it, it wasn't a big pond. It was maybe a hundred feet by a hundred feet. So like, and eight feet deep. So in the summer when there's like a drought, there's only a couple inches next to like where the uh the dock was and he would get a running start and uh sometimes his pole would you know bend sideways and he'd be you know eight or ten feet up in the air above the dock and the docks you know three feet above where the water is and there's only six to twelve inches of water that he's landing in in some mud and you couldn't help but just laugh just because you know it's like sex to be you <laughs> Yeah, that would be terrifying. Yeah, 
L- luckily, I'm not that coordinated, so that wasn't my issue. <laughs> so I'll admit I'm a little ignorant on just apple orchards in general. So I'm curious. Do does does one orchard? Would, how many different variations of apples do you have in one orchard, or do you just do you, do you get are you just known for one apple and you just only grow that one apple? No, so you have a you have a bunch. So a lot of it was like the tourism. So you would have like all of the schools from the local towns. You'd have like uh, kindergarten through you know third grade would go apple picking in the fall. So you would want like your your red delicious and stuff like that that holds on to the trees a little bit later in the season. Uh, so you can attract people more, you know, more, more throughout the year. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so you have like your, your Macintosh and stuff like that, that like early max, late August, early September, like they're going to be ripe and they're a pretty good apple, but like they don't keep as well. They get kind of like mushy. Like if, if you try and keep them as like a storage apple, mm-hmm. all of the flavor, all of the crunch to them just kind of like disappears. So you want to have a lot of variety and then the, the Macauan or a lot of people will call them Macoon or whatever. Uh, they were like your, your general all purpose apple that like everyone likes. They're, they're always good for eating or baking or anything. Cortland were always good for, for baking. And so you had a little bit of everything, but uh, okay. originally my, uh, my grandfather had a dairy farm and in the seventies, his barn burnt down and you know half of his cows were you know burned alive so that's when it was like all right we're we're done with that we're we're gonna go (laughs) into apple orchard and not have any issues so so if you had to gun to your head what's the one apple you're gonna eat the rest of your life you can only have one apple i mean (sighs) by sheer taste not like take the uh this one grows good this season this some girls grid that season. Take all your knowledge of that out of it. What's one apple you want to eat the rest of your life? Honestly, I, I'd say it's probably overrated, but I'd say Honeycrisp is is the the new. You know, it's got that crunch, but it's also sweet, like a gala or you know something a little bit, you know, more flavorful. But it's it's overrated because it is better than most. Mm-hmm. So I, I have one acre now, up, and I'm up in uh, Summers, Connecticut. But uh, I, I always buy, like, I'll do, like, one or two trees every year. So I have two Honeycrisp trees that I planted, like, three years ago, and I've, I've got nothing out of them. And <laughs> I've got two uh, Jonathans, and I forget what the other two are that I have. And then, like, six pear trees. And out of all 12 trees, I got one pear this year, and that was it. <laughs> I think uh, Golden Delicious is my favorite apple, but I don't I don't see them a ton when they do. They're expensive. Yeah, my kids like Ambrosia, and uh, do you guys? I don't know if you ever ended up picking them up from Costco, but they had a thing called Grapples. Okay, and they were honestly just apples that were somehow infused with the scent of grapes. Hmm. Interesting. It was wild. It smelled a little like. You know, fake grape, right? Yep. Like, like the 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 inflated balls you get from Costco or from Walmart or whatever that just had like this. It scented like grape or like a grape marker. Yeah, but it was it was weird. They can do wild things with like grafting all kinds of like yeah, even like sweet corn where they they have like the like everything's so modified now that like 
you could spray like Roundup over corn and it won't affect it at all. And it's just like, I don't know what you guys are doing with that stuff, but <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy what they can do with with food and technology. Yeah, that all sounds very dangerous. And uh, uh, speaking yeah. of dangerous, you have a snowmobile accident story. We were dying to hear. Let's let's hear it, buddy. Yeah. So in two thousand January of two thousand eighteen, uh, my dad decided at like five o'clock it was getting dark that he was going to go out for a rip on his uh his snowmobile. <laughs> and the way the farm works, there's like the wagon trails for for wagon rides in the fall that goes alongside this river, the Branford River, and he decides he's going to go down the bank. And go along the river instead of like on the river instead of on the trail right next to it. And so his snowmobile fell through the ice. And so he calls my brother and I, I'm down there just visiting. There's like 18 inches of snow. My brother used to fight, uh, MMA. So one of his friends had t- free tickets to, uh, Mohegan Sun, the, uh, the casino. And so we, we us and one of our buddies were just going to go to the casino and we're, we're just about to leave. And he gets the call from my dad and it's like, Hey, can you help, you know, pull the snowmobile out? out of, I'm stuck in the river down, down and back. So my brother and I jump on my, my mom's snowmobile drive down there and we, uh, walk out onto the, onto the river. And I go to deadlift the, and uh, apparently, I pulled conventional when I should have pulled sumo. So, uh, the, the snowmobile track fell through the ice. So I, I'm standing on the ice shelf. It's, you know, a foot and a half above the, uh, above where the, uh, snowmobile track is stuck. So I'm lifting that, that back end up. My brother's lifting the front end and my dad's like steering the, uh, the skis. And apparently my dad had given it a little bit of gas to try and like get it to crawl back up onto the ice. And as he does that, and I'm like two thirty at the time and my feet break through the ice as he's goosing it and it has the metal studded track. So the metal studded track, as I fell onto the ground of, you know, the bottom of the river, there was, you know, because it was so cold, it was like zero degrees Fahrenheit. So I, d- I don't know what that is in uh, Celsius, like negative 10, probably. I'm just guessing. But uh, so the river's normally only like three feet deep. It it was like a trickle. It's like three inches of, of water. But I land on you know the rocks and stuff like that. And the track lands on my right leg. And so the track's spinning because my dad was trying to get it to, you know, crawl back up onto the ice and so it the metal studs of the track uh ripped through my leg severed an artery and then we're starting to grind down on the bone and i i'm just cursing like i'm I'm just yelling like you know fuck 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 and my dad's just like what's that crazy asshole doing like why why is he just yelling what the hell and as soon as my dad and my brother get over, like I- I'm still holding the track, trying to keep it from like 
you know, digging further in. Getting any deeper, yeah. Wow. And uh, so they shut the slide off, move it off of my leg. And as soon as I see my bone, because, like, I can, like, I look down and you just see this white thing. And as soon as I see that, I look away. And so as as soon as that happens, I'm not helpful at all. I'm, like, laying down just... Yeah, I, I'm like you're in complete uh, shock. Right. Yeah, you, you go into shock, and you know it's zero out. So I'm I'm freezing to death. <clears throat> at, like as the the blood is just like freezing to the sled too, and uh, so I I'm not helpful at all. I, I'm like well, just leave me here to die. And uh, I, I tell <laughs> my brother, uh, go get your pickup truck or take me to urgent care. And my brother's like, you dumbass, just just stop doing anything. Just just don't do anything. And so it, I, I was lucky enough that he's, he lifts too. So uh, he like lifts underneath my arms, like underneath my armpits. And my dad gets my legs and they, they carry me out of the snow up the riverbank. My brother gets on, on the, the other snowmobile that we came down on and he's holding my leg. That's just like gushing blood and like, you know, drives with one hand like this and is you know drives up to the farm market where we're waiting for an ambulance so luckily you know we were where my parents house is and where the farm is it's like nine miles from Yale new haven hospital so my brother gets me up to that to that uh to the parking lot the ambulance meets us there and uh you know, it was like, I, I'm an idiot. I'm like, instead of just staying calm, you know, I'm like hyperventilating and all of this. You know, my, I think when I eventually got to the hospital, my body temperature was like 91 degrees, and it was it was just a whole disaster. Where you know, now my when they eventually, uh, you know, they had to take a piece of my quad. And move it down to my calf to reconnect. They used a vein to reconnect the artery. And uh, so that was like two weeks later, like hanging out in the hospital for two weeks, waiting for this surgery. You know, you have four or five surgeries just to clean that, that area out. But it, it was, uh, it was an interesting one because it was definitely the hardest thing that I've ever had to deal with. And you told us that entire story with a smile on your face, which is shows that you've been able to like, not necessarily put it behind you, but just like, it's crazy how you've, uh, uh, I, I, I don't think I could have told that story happening to me without like breaking down every time telling it. Cause that was the most traumatic story I might've ever heard. And I was like, as you were talking about it, like my leg sort of died. Like I could like feel the fucking metal digging into my leg. Jesus. So that's an intense, that's an, that's a life. I put down my water and grabbed a beer during that. Cause I was just like, nope. <laughs> normally we'd go in normally we'd go into unpaid and underrated directly after uh, something like that well it's weird because it's like you know like i said like i was okay with like okay well i i had a bad go of it i'm done and then like as you're in the hospital you you have a decision to make where it's like you can either be the pessimist and say, poor me, or you can say, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. So that's where the whole, like, and, and honestly, like 
as much as people knock social media, like seeing all of the amputees and people that had it so much worse that have been able to overcome things like you see the kids that are like an amputee that's skiing on one leg. Like Mm -hmm. I don't want to put my, like I still have that leg, but like, I'm not putting in a ski boot. Like, yeah, that seems painful. So so like there's certain things where it's like, I won't like, I'm definitely a wuss compared to a bunch of other people, but like, you definitely have that decision of like, well, you can be an optimist or you can be a pessimist. So what are you, what are you going to choose? Like there's, there's, there's no other option than just find the good in it, you know? And that was like that, that injury forced me to learn a lot more about training. Cause like I was only in powerlifting for six months before the injury happened. And, you know, it was like, I was hot shit. I, th- I think I'm doing so well. My my first meet, I think I totaled like thirteen thirty. Then I went on small off for squat, and my squat went from like four thirty up to five hundred. And you know, you, you think that you're going up this linear, you know, exponential growth, mm-hmm. and then the, the leg injury happened, and then it was like, okay, I just want to walk again. Yeah, and it it really forces you to think, okay, maybe this isn't, you know, we we can take a step back and stop stop worrying about you know if this is strong or not and it's you know you take a day at a time what if you had to put a percentage on it like are you like what is the leg recovery look like like i mean this was like six years ago or whatever like that's where are you at right now so i was able to as soon as i was cleared to walk when i signed up for that other meet that i said was my second favorite meet 16 weeks after i was cleared to put weight on that foot I squatted 425 in wraps. Jesus. So I was like 80% in the first year. And then it took three years to deadlift the 600 that I got credit for in my second meet before the injury. Well, I didn't lock out. It was just the USAPL had bad record keeping. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> nice. Well, it was like, I knew I didn't deadlift 600, but I wanted to. Yeah, so, so it kind of ate me alive until 2020. But uh, even uh, I think it was, I think it was in 2020. I went to uh, Khalil Sharad has a uh, conjugate sem- seminar that he did down at the rack in Atlanta, and I got to meet like Jacob Ross and uh, Michael Fahey and uh, all these all these guys that know way more than me, and uh, it was like my only credibility was, was this leg injury that I came back from. Cause it was like, you know, we, we do the seminar and, uh, Oh, uh, Michael Fahey from West side versus the world breaks out the jump mat. And I, I jumped like 28 one on my first jump. And then it goes to shit. And it's like 26 afterwards. <laughs> but he, he's like, how the hell did that? You're not supposed to be able to jump with that. thing." <laughs> so I, I definitely learned a lot from, you know, forcing myself to want to get back to what where I wanted to be, and I, honestly, I, I squatted in March. I did a USAPL meet. I squatted five eighteen, where my best prior to the inju- injury in two thousand seventeen was five hundred one. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! So it sounds like you got you're able to maintain or well gain back you know all your strength and then some. But what about like pain? Like 
do you have phantom pain? I mean, not phantom pain, but like that's good. You still got to have some kind of residual, like, yeah. So, pain issues, right? So, I, I have three what are called hammer toes. It's where the like the muscle is too weak so that the the tendons like shorten. So, my, my toes look, you know, mm-hmm. like little hooks. And so, you just put like a toe spacer on there. But like, if I walk more than six to eight thousand steps, they get painful. Um, if I'm dehydrated, I notice it a lot more. I get cramping a lot, a lot more than most. Um, thunderstorms. I always thought that people like, I, I say old people now, but like 10 years ago when you would have like people in their thirties and forties complaining about like, you know, thunderstorms and, uh, like weather changes hurting them. I always thought that that was, you know, malarkey. And then it was like, oh, no, the the atmospheric pressure actually screws with your nerves and actually is something like you, you don't know what you don't know until you know you fi- you find out. But uh, other than that, though, it's not too bad. Where you know, like when I first started trying to jump, so I, I got the uh, just the NASM uh, certified personal trainer certificate just to see if I could in 2018 in like October and. I started trying to jump and I started with like a six inch uh, like box that I tried to jump on. And that, that was a big step. And so now it's just like trying, I, I made the stupid goal of uh, trying to dunk now. And I've been, I, I've been seeing that. Yeah. So like I, I've been able to do a dodgeball to a nine foot nine hoop, but I haven't gotten any further than that so far, but I also tried like a dirty bulk this year and it, it did not work. <laughs> So if you had to say, who was the better dunker uh, between unpaid and underrated uh, guests, uh, Big Steve or Big Scott Dodds? Oh, Big Scott Dodds by far. Ah, you sure? So uh, if you guys are listening, it sounds like at, at the uh, Live Hard, Live Easy 2024 with the crazy strongman stuff they've been talking to, to talking about, uh, like the, the, the horse mats and stuff. I think we're going to put a, a dunking contest. Absolutely. There we go. Um, no. So when I, when I was in college, I only weighed like 180, and the closest I ever came to actually dunking was like an alley oop where it was like my, my buddy Rocco threw a pass to me and I almost like caught it and dunked it, but I, it wasn't an official dunk. And so now I'm 50 pounds heavier or 60 pounds heavier. And trying to get the dodgeball, and it's just like oh, I know I can't jump as high as I used to, but at the same time, this is still pretty good. <laughs> so, but Scott Dodds actually was able to dunk, so he, <laughs> he definitely wins. Well, I, I guess we could frame it as currently because I think Scott did say he's retired from dunking. So if, if he never dunks again, then all you got to do is just dunk once, and you're golden. Okay. Yeah. Once once he retires undefeated, you're just going to set the next crew record, right? Right. Yeah, I'm a little bit younger than him, so I, I think I'm I'm still 33 right now. So I, I've got time before Submasters. Yeah, I, I I think I think Big Scott might just be immortal. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> like after having him on the podcast, like we started talking more. So because we're talking more, I just keep seeing his stuff. Mm-hmm. And like the what a freaky strong man he is. And I think oh, Scant's yeah. pointed it out right when Scant's like. Scans showed a video of him doing a keg lift 
And then you see Scott and Scott's throwing the keg and catching it before lifting it. And Scott's like, what is, who is this man? And that's when I was just like, that's when I started focusing on it. And it's just like, Jesus, that's a strong dude. Um, Sorry, wrong guest. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Scott Dodd. It's all crew. He, he's also the, the number one. He's the first crew. Yes. Yeah. Number one guy. He's yep. the elder crew. Because during Lift Hard Live Easy, I was trying to find out who was who was in front of me because I'm number five. Mm, wow. And I know Grayson is number four. And mm-hmm. uh, Big Dan Bell is number six. Oh, you beat Dan. She's yeah. two, and, two, two and three. Yep. I mean, it was not hard to find out. You just ask Tanner. Well, so at the meet, Tanner said that one of the people in front of me is no longer a uh, supporting member. Oh. So, so technically, we all need updates, but... Wow. I wonder if we will. Now I wonder He's probably not going to he probably yeah. blow up. Knowing Tanner, Tanner's just pretty good about keeping stuff like that. I don't think he's gonna like you know blow someone in like that or anything. So did he charge we'll back? Probably, we'll probably never know, honestly. Unless it's who I think. <laughs> unless it's who I think it is. But that sounds like the timeline's off. So no, nah, I don't know. Uh, well, on a, on, a, on a lighter note, do you want to do a little fuck? You want to do a little fuck Mary kill? <laughs> Let's do it. He's on a lighter note. <laughs> fuck Mary kill. Uh, it's all similar theme here. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, FMK. And Druthers has to be done audibly. That's the rules. Them, them's, them's the rules. All right. I'm going to go with... I'm going to actually marry Dragon Ball Super. Fuck Dragon Ball Z. And kill Dragon Ball. Because Dragon Ball Super has so many new characters that it has so much more potential. Um, what did I say? Kill Dragon Ball because it had so much of the like 80s perviness that it's just like <laughs> I, don't, I don't have time for like Master Roshi nosebleeds all the time. And I'll, I'll always fuck with Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Nice. It's always it's always good. Well, I'm I'm unfamiliar with all things Dragon Ball, so I, ah. I don't know if Joey knows much about it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you because I don't know shit about. Dragon I don't Ball. know much about Dragon Ball. I did get to watch a lot of Dragon Ball Z, um, okay. and Dragon Ball Super. I like that's with um, Senior Vegeta, right? Like that's much later in the series where he's older. Yeah, everyone's everyone's older, like their, okay, yeah. their grandparents. And I did watch some of that one, but I like I don't have enough. I oh, you, I, you I can name the... I can name characters in Dragon Ball Z and some of the storylines, and make the jokes about three episodes of leveling up. Yep. Yeah, you got you got to watch the last like three episodes or five episodes of uh, the Tournament of Power at Dragon Ball Super. Mm-hmm. The character. Jiren that they created is just such a good character where it's like he's the selfish one but he's just way stronger than everyone else so it's phenomenal ah okay well I would say there's one on here and I've just been dying to ask because sometimes we hear about silly nicknames on people 
Yep. <laughs> and there's two of them on here that like they just don't make sense. There was a lot of backstory. I didn't want to copy and paste in it because I wanted to kind of just uh, <laughs> let let him. And so these are from your buddy. We they call you Steamy. <laughs> or so that, that that's a South Park reference. For what episode? Like what what reference? So there was a Steamy Ray Vaughn where uh, was it Stan? No, uh, what was the oh, what the hell is his name? Stan's oh, dad. Stan's dad uh, does the steamy, steamy nicks where it's just him farting into the microphone. <laughs> into the Stevie Nicks? Gotcha. Yeah. Randy. So, Randy Marsh. Yeah. Yeah. Rand, Randy Marsh has the band. And uh, there's like the two rednecks that are uh, like trying to save his underpants because he's just, you know, just farting into the microphone. And you just see these creepy rednecks that are, you know, sitting outside the the barn or whatever. And they're just like, we got to save the britches. We got (laughs) to save the britches. And uh, Randy just goes by Steamy Nicks or Steamy Ray Vaughn was the other character that's (laughs) doing the same thing. And so my my friend Steve, so we called him Big Steve because he's like 6'2". And so I, I was always little Steve and he was big Steve. And then after a while, after that episode of South Park, it was always, he would always call me steamy mm. just because of that. That's funny. Okay. And then the other one on here is hot dog Puma. Oh, the hot dog Puma. Oh, that's a classic one. <laughs> so the hot dog Puma, there was uh dollar hot dogs at the Hartford Wolfpack games for hockey. It's an AHL team and it was only the first period and they would limit you to six hot dogs per purchase. How dare they? So what I would do was I went up and I ordered six hot dogs and then I go back to my seat and I house all six hot dogs and then I would go back up to the concession stand and order six more hot dogs. And our buddy Rocco decided, oh, I, I wonder how many you can actually eat. So he also, the second time that I went and bought six hot dogs, I think he, he and somebody else, because there was like six of us or eight of us that went, everyone bought like six hot dogs each. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And this is- so we're already at 18 for you, right? At this rate? Yeah, so okay. I I ate, I want to say it was 18 or 19. I, I couldn't finish 20, but it, it took me the entire game. And then at the end of the game, I was so bloated. Yeah. And, and that, that that's where the hot dog Puma came because I was just eating them so fast. That they're like, you're so smooth at this. What You're like the hot dog Puma. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the end of the game, I'm like so bloated and... It was like, you know, it was like three dollar beers or something like that, as, as you're at the game. But I was so focused on on eating as many hot dogs as possible. So like, I was, I wasn't like inebriated. I was just bloated. And so then we're we always have you guys seen the movie The Ringer? Yeah. yeah. Where there, there's the one random character that just goes, "When the fuck did we get ice cream? Did you get ice cream?" <laughs> Yeah. 
so at the end of the game at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, Hart- Hartford's a really small city. So it's like, there's nothing open. And like the downtown area, there's like just the, the rink where, you know, the hockey games played and there's like a science center and some other stuff, but there's, there's really no like local like ice cream shops, but we of course make the comment like, all right, I need to just walk around the block or something like that. And then of course the ringer comes up and we're like, when the fuck did we get ice cream? So we, we go walking around Hartford looking for ice cream just that as I can like walk and digest so that I can actually drive my car home safely. It's, it sounds like this hockey arena hates you. Oh like yeah. $3 beers and dollar hot dogs. Like <laughs> you probably smelled so terrible the next day. Oh yeah. Well, so even in high school, I would do stupid stuff like that. Like the, uh, you know, the little du- Debbie iced honey buns. Yep. Yeah. One weird. random. D- so back in high school, so I graduated in 2008 and they were only 50 cents. Jesus. So it was like, you know, you can buy lunch for $2 and 25 cents or whatever it was. Or I could see how many honey buns I could eat. And so, like, I had a bunch of other friends that were like, yeah, I'll pitch in for that. I want to see how this goes. <laughs> so I I ate eight iced honey buns in a 25-minute lunch period. And it was like 4,000 calories and 186 grams of fat just to see if I could for no reason. Like, nobody yeah. else was competing with me or anything. And then, like, I went back. I, it was a history class afterwards. And the teacher's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, what, why, why are you so, you're normally like annoying in, in my class. Why, why is your head down? There's like eight honey buns. That was a bad idea. Before you said how many you ate, I kind of was like thinking in my head, how many, so they're, they're iced honey buns or regular cups? Definitely the, the iced, ones, right? iced ones. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 the number, the number in my head that I think I could eat in a sitting without like puking would have been seven. So yeah, eight was right on par with that because I could uh, I could definitely house something six or seven without an issue. Uh, maybe two for me. Like I don't eat I don't eat bread or buns or muffins or cake and shit like that. So oh, that, I probably give up on that immediately. That, that's like my my guilty plot. Well, a, a lot of things are my guilty plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like. Dollar hot dogs. Now, now <laughs> yeah. set, sounds like several years removed from this dollar hot dog, hot dog Puma incident. What is your, did, did that like scar you for hot dogs for a while? Or were you like, were you there the next season fucking eating six hot dogs like normal? I think that was the last hockey game I went to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes so, sense. So yeah, the, the, so the hot dog scarred you. Because yeah. like if you hadn't had that incident, you probably would have been there next year. Yeah, well, it's it's weird because it's like it's an AHL team because it's like I, I'm not really a, a big hockey fan, but it's fun because it's like you know nine dollars for tickets or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like being in Connecticut, we're we're an hour and a half. It doesn't matter where you are in Connecticut; you're within an hour to an hour and a half of either New York City or Boston. So like anyone that's a diehard fan is going to either watch the Rangers or the Bruins. So like Hartford's a weird area where it's like, you don't have professional teams because what's the point? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So like you only go to the AHL teams. If if you get like free tickets from somebody else's like 
you know, business or something like that, or if you're just really bored and want to get a, a group of guys together. Okay. Uh, one more hot dog question. I think we talked about it on the podcast before. Were they just like naked, just hot dogs and bread? Oh yeah. You, you didn't put anything on them. No, there's, there's no time for that. You're my favorite. <laughs> Have you seen they're like they're dipping it in the milk or the water just so they can get? Oh out? no, that's so like that's over the top, I, right? Well, the, 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 those those are professionals, right? I, I'm just an amateur. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna insult. I'm not gonna pretend like I'm better than I am. Like Joey Chestnut is what legends are made of, right? Like like <laughs> well, because like. At, at, in college, I was always because you know where my family had the farm, so it was like you're, you're walking a lot on yeah. the farm. So I could never break 200 pounds. So anytime I would go to any fast food restaurant, my rule of thumb was always pick the three biggest burgers and a chicken sandwich. Jesus, and see how it goes. But it's going to cost you 30 bucks back then. Yeah, a bit of it. So like, my, my bulking idea was like. My, my mom would buy the groceries and so sometimes she would buy like bison. So I'd do like a pound of bison. I'd mm-hmm. cook it up, add like a dozen eggs and six slices of toast, bunch of cheese and just house that. And then you feel like you're going to die for like three hours. And then you can go to the gym and go lift afterwards. But like, that was my idea to try and bulk. It's really unhealthy. <laughs> I do like bison. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever had bison of eggs. But... Yeah, I definitely have never done bison and eggs. Oh yeah, you, you like even ground beef. It's like the eggs kind of attach to the to the ground beef. It's kind of like stovetop almost. Yeah, it's like a, a little scramble. It's greasy. <laughs> that certainly sounds greasy. All right, <laughs> and if you guys come up with any more hot dog questions for steve <laughs> send him his way for the hot dog puma for the hot yep. dog puma i forgot about that nickname yeah your your, your buddy uh was pretty happy with that one let me know about that <laughs> who was who that was that rocco or was that my brother whoever you sent me on I, I instagram uh oh okay yeah that, that was my brother actually yeah okay okay yeah i wasn't sure I, I, i'm impressed I, that he remembered that yeah, I feel uh, it's always like I feel like I almost neglect some of the people that DM me all the information. But usually I'm like a lot of times I'm working on two weeks at a time for my show notes. So yep. it's just for our show notes. So it's just like I'm struggling to keep track of like who this person is answering a question for. So it's just like a lot of times I'll leave someone on red or, or yep. not necessarily on red, but like I'll see that they message me the, the response back. But I but I'll try not to I, I might not look at it till like like until i've already recorded this episode so now i can right next week's like as soon as this is over i can like go look at dms for that i've already like got waiting for me right but, uh, it's been fun but yeah we really appreciate everyone's sitting in others friends spouses partners whatever that uh hit us up with the information so if you're a potential guest uh start thinking about who you want to you know give us information oh and if we ask for questions on on our instagram um try and come up with stuff that's not <laughs> like such low hanging fruit. Like, yeah. <laughs> if if it's the first thing you think of, it's probably already been posted seventeen times, and Joey and I have already wrote it down. 
So originality will get you on the podcast, potentially, or your question. Well, we've got a lot more stuff, but I don't think we're going to get into too much of it. So I'm going to maybe both of us just pick one more we'd like, and then we can move into uh, a little a little game. Yeah, and it actually kind of goes along with this. Um, so your wife uh, says that you really like cooking from scratch. But based on everything you've told me, you eat <laughs> junk. <laughs> so yeah. what's got you into cooking? Like, well, so if I, I came to the realization, if I eat real foods and not junk, mm-hmm. I lose weight. Yep. So like, I, I, so I've got a weightlifting competition I signed up for where I have to be two twenty four. So as long as I don't binge, I can lose a pound a day. Okay. So like. I just got into, like, I, I was late to the party on, like, uh, Uncle Roger on YouTube. Mm-hmm. The, uh, like, Asian stereotype comedian. Yeah, I, know. I know him. Yeah, he's uh, funny sometimes. Yeah, so so I got into that, and then it was, like, uh, Joshua Wiseman. I, I used his recipe for pancakes, and that ruined. Because, like, I, I used to always joke, like, if I were ever going to sell out for any company, it would be Mountain Dew and Bisquick. Mm-hmm. And then I, I finally just made, you know, pancakes from scratch. And it was like, oh, buttermilk pancakes from scratch are way better than Bisquick. God damn it. This, yeah. this ruined that for me. Because <laughs> uh, in high school, we, we would always, back in our, our Mountain Dew addiction phase, like we, my parents have a cabin up in Vermont. So my brother and I and a bunch of our friends, cause he's two years younger than me. So all of our friends, we would go to like BJ's or Costco and we'd buy like a 36 pack of Mountain Dew and a f- five pound box of Bisquick. And we're like, well, that's all we need. We're, we're good. So now it's like, all right, I've, I've got the two daughters. I, I need to actually, you know, is that an example? Yeah. So cooking from scratch kind of cleans up my diet a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I need to eat a lot less chicken wings. I probably feel a lot less bloated, but then my wife's like, I'm going to make shepherd's pie. And I'm like, Hey, that's great. That's some good home food cooking. And then I eat two heaping plates of just (laughs) shepherd's cause I can't stop with the cup like shepherd's pie. Yeah. yeah, It's cause I love it, but it's just like, I'm like, you might as well make a little extra cause you just know I'm going at it. So then I was like, oh, I feel so bloated. Oh, shepherd's pie. And then I'm coming over here to the podcast going, oh, I'm so bloated. <laughs> Something like that's like hard to gauge how much you're going to eat too. Because it's just like, well, let me just get a ladle full in the hand. Let me just do another yeah. spoonful. Whereas like if you're going you know, to eat a big piece of steak, it's like you're just going to eat the steak or whatever. But like something like that, yeah. you're just going to, you know, kind of, you could easily eat like 5,000 calories of it and not really realize it because you're like, oh, it just, yeah. just goes down nice and easy. All right, so my last question before we move into a little fun game is going to be, tell me about the uh, the bear squat. Yeah, so the bear squat is something that I found somebody in, I think it was Trumbull, Connecticut, was selling it for like 400 bucks. And so I was just like, you know, you always see a bunch of people always talking about them and kind of like the, it, it's like one of those machines that you don't, realize that everyone used to have and used to rave about and then like so it's chain drive and it's just like a a squatting you know machine where you you know 
you add add the plates to it and the chain drive is just so smooth so like you can you can jump with it you can squat with it you can do like lunges with it it's essentially like a a smith machine version of an ssb so like it's it's just like the perfect accessory movement so i i can ban the crap out of it and just you know go to town on like heavy fives so like with squatting i don't i don't like doing high rep stuff because my you know torso my bracing is always going to give out first but with the with the bear squat i can kind of you know not have to worry about form at all and i can just go to town so it it's like my favorite machine for well one of my favorite obscure machines that i picked up where it's just like oh this thing is great i can do you know split squats i can do tempo squats i can you know do lunges step ups like lately the last few weeks i've been doing step ups with them and so it's it's a lot of fun that does sound really cool i had no clue what what it was when i saw it on here so yeah so so it's have you seen like the the kaiser machines like they they have the kaiser squat machine no negative no if if, trust me if keith hasn't seen it then i have Mm. no clue okay i was thinking it's a do you have a bear squat bear it's like a belt squat belt i think you should get a bear squat bear that'd be pretty cool (laughs) i got one one tiny follow-up just while we're on home gym so like don't let's just spend like 30 seconds on it so one wish list item that you still want to add to your gym that 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 is like actually reasonable and that you can oh reasonable you're killing me on that one okay so um so reasonable gets me because i i do want the (laughs) kaiser calf raise yeah or like (laughs) that's seven thousand dollars but I, I I look at that as like what's what well, kind of like what's one thing in your gym that you have a version of, but there's a better one you wouldn't mind updating to, but you're not necessarily. Oh yeah, yeah. So right now I have the I just picked up the Titan belt squat for like four hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it it turns out just by not lowballing that guy, he gave me a it's a rusty bear steel Ohio power bar, Oof. but it it was free with the you know four hundred dollar <laughs> belt squat. But uh, eventually, I do want to upgrade that to like the Rogue Rhino or something like that, just a little bit smoother and not the like winning strength version. Because like the Titan belt squat kind of where where my legs like as I'm I'm mostly doing belted marches on it, and my right leg I don't lift up as high as I'm marching, so the the sleeves on it twist a little bit. And the plates want to slide off, so like it works, but it's not as smooth as like the the cable going straight down versions. So that that's something that I would upgrade for. Cool, good to know. I always like kind of uh, you know pick in the ear of people that actually are like really balls deep into home gyms like that. So there is there's something that I'm surprised hasn't come up, but I think we answered it already. Why Waffle Iron Gym? Is it just oh, because yeah. of your love? Is it is it Bisquick? So <laughs> I I'm a huge dork when it comes to like dad jokes. Mm. So like just just the idea of like a waffle iron and then like iron in a gym with like iron weights and stuff like that. So I was like it's clever and nobody had it yet. Mm. So I had to get it. And then 
after the fact, realizing that, uh, like, learning that Aleko's, uh, like, knurling on a barbell was originally because they used to be a home appliance company. So, like, they used to make waffle irons, and that's where they got the idea for knurling. So I was like, oh, this is this is brilliant. This is so much better. Like, it's so much more clever than I thought when I thought I was being clever. Nice. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, that's funny. I, I think I actually omitted that from our notes. <laughs> I wonder if there's, like, a way that we can track what everybody calls their gym right mm. mine's really unoriginal because at the same like the, when i first started naming my gym i didn't i wasn't in the community i didn't know mm. right so we'd initially started calling it the pit but that was because i'd lifted in a fucking gravel pit mm. and my wife knows how much i like bane and that's where he came from in the movie right right it was the lazarus pit so i actually called it the lazarus pit for quite some time but everybody okay. calls it the pit. So I wonder how many like dungeons and like pits and mm. like paradises. I wonder how many we have in the crew. Yeah, I bet there's some. I bet there's some duplicates too. Because like, I like I know a lot of people that call like the 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 shred shack or the, the shred shed or like mm. there's there's only there's only so many original names you can really come up with. Or, you know, generic. I guess there's a lot of generic. Uh, I, I'm speaking more like. So I'm in the home gym community on the, yeah. you know, I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups and they're like, uh, so many people, the people even want to like steal other people's gym names. And I'm just like, <laughs> they're like, Oh, yeah. that's, that's a great name. I want to call my gym that I want to I'm like, you fucking better not like, fuck you. <laughs> gym name. I guess I need to come up with a different name. Yeah. That'll happen. I, I, someday. The Jaeger seller. The Jaeger. Um, actually the, the Jaeger pit. Yeah. There you go. I don't know if I told you guys, I was talking to them. Um, yeah. about how we talk about them a lot on this podcast. And I told them that I was like, I'm still constantly going to beg you for the Jaeger lifting team. And I was like, I might even just make a one-off shirt. And they just hearted it and said, love it. So I might yeah. make a one-off Jaeger lifting team shirt. Nice. No, now that I said it on here, somebody's going to beat me to it. But <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's that. Um, Speaking of sponsors, just want to shout out that uh, today, Obsidian Ammonia launched a bunch of new stuff. So uh, he did launch a the the pumpkin spice lobotomy, which is the pumpkin spice scented, pumpkin spice latte scented um, salt. But then he's got some originals that I've never seen. So he's got a tobacco scent. And he's got a menthol tobacco scent. And he's got a coffee scent. And I think he released the fireball scent as well. So if you know any of that's out, honestly, I really want to try the tobacco one, but unfortunately I have an entire can of ammonia sitting downstairs that I just need to get through before I can justify buying more ammonia. But if you guys want to try any of those, we do have our code now. It is unpaid. Use it at checkout. Save your 15%. Yep, give us that uh, little royalty. Don't give it to anybody else in the crew. Make sure you go use, use unpaid for us. And, well, uh, and the nice part is, if you're in the crew and you don't have a code, you can just kind of like spread ours out. And you know, it's I don't know how that would work on our end because it's not like it's a like a giant commission royalty or anything like that. But it is really neat that we have one for us. Absolutely, I was pretty happy to see that. Appreciate you getting that all in the works for us. Uh, Big Steve, I got one question before we move into unpaid and underrated. 
you just house the rest of that milk that's been sitting on your table for the last two hours. How is that lukewarm milk, buddy? Because I almost cringed when I saw you drink that. I looked at the clock. <laughs> you can't even answer. <laughs> I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> so in the show notes where, where there, there was the mention of Anchorman, I just wanted to quote, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> and now it turns out milk was a bad choice. I, I also have a Canada Dry original sparkling seltzer. What? The plain one. The plain one. Oh, I bet that's amazing. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. So uh, that's my. Everybody knows Canada Dry invented ginger ale, right? Ginger ale I is like a Canadian it. invention. I, like I knew it was my preferred. Uh, ginger ale, but I didn't know that it was the original. Yeah, buddy. Give me, give me Schweppes all day on my ginger ale take. I don't know. I, I like the Schweppes much better. I don't know why. But really? I do. You would. Just better tasting. It mm. is not. The other one's just too dry. Would it give me some Vernon's. Yeah, whatever, buddy. <laughs> just, wait, is Ver- does Vernon's exist? Did I just make that up? It's got too much hop in it for me. <laughs> so, not that I know what the fuck that means, but... <laughs> All right, uh, we do have this game we like to play uh, with every guest. It's called uh, Unpaid or Underrated. Um, I'm hoping that you've kind of gathered from the last two episodes which one is which. Yep, I'll I'll try not to be too confused by the uh, unpaid as as opposed to uh, un- overrated. Yep, yeah, nope. yeah, everybody does, and that's okay. And I have my druthers, so unpaid is overrated. Yep, as in you're not getting paid for that one. Underrated just means underrated. Sounds good. I think I got it. I have been messing with our list this entire time. Um, Keith, do you want me to go first and, and what, do the ones I added? Uh, sure, yeah. yeah I got it. Switch, switch, right. switch it up. We don't usually go this way. All right. So unpaid or underrated? Andrew Bernard from The Office. Andrew Bernard from The Office, I'm going to say is... I'm going to say actually overrated, just because I I think he is a beloved character. And so, like, because everyone loves him, he's going to have to be unpaid because everyone, everyone likes him, so... He's rated as high as he could could be. So yeah, I'm I'm going unpaid. All right. Took me a minute to figure out that who that was, and is <laughs> that is that because did people say you look like him? Yeah, yeah. The lift hard, live easy. So I forget who it was. It was like you you look exactly like Andy Bernard from The Office. And I was like, I've never gotten that before, but I'm okay with that. I don't know if I see it. Yeah, it's Ed Helms. If anybody's wondering who that is, it's Ed Helms. Egg, it's technically Egg Helms. His name is just wrong on IMDb. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, but if you ever watched uh, Auntie Donna's House of Fun, uh, probably no. no. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It's on Netflix. Even find some of their stuff on YouTube. It is um, utter silliness and insane rapid fire sketch comedy. Okay. And if you don't die laughing in the first episode, I would 
judge your sense of humor. Not judge. I would just say like, it is just that funny. But uh, Ed Helms actually produced it. So they have an entire skit where they call him Ed and he gets really mad at them because his name is Egg. And then he has a complete mental breakdown because he's just been named wrong his entire career. Okay. Now, is that actually a thing or is that a bit? Like, I don't it's a know. bit. It's totally a bit. Okay, okay. But I'm you got to commit to the bit. And then they call I'm him saying. Egg for the rest of the season. I got you. Cool. Makes sense. All right. Unpaid or underrated government auctions. Oh, <laughs> Gov- <laughs> government auctions are the most underrated thing that you can have. <laughs> so I don't know of many other people that have pole vault mats in their backyard. But I paid five dollars and thirty-seven cents, and then had to spend five hundred bucks on a U-Haul to get to pick them up in New Jersey <laughs> and drive them back home. Did you win though? Oh yeah, because those are thousands of dollars, eh? Yeah. So pre-pandemic, like brand new, they're like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. Since all of you know, with everything going on and the supply <laughs> chain and all of that, they're like twenty thousand dollars now. For new ones. I mean, mine are ripped and torn and mice have gotten into them, but like I'm using them as like a backstop for dodgeball now. Mm. Like I, I bought a I have a sixteen foot nine carbon fiber pole vault pole rated for two hundred and fifteen pounds. But I don't pole vault, my brother does. I just wanted to see if he would actually get back on a pole. <laughs> it was ninety nine dollars with twenty dollars uh freight shipping where it was a clearance pole vault pole, which where it's carbon fiber, like it's a thousand dollar pole that I got for a hundred bucks. So just for, for laughs, I wanted to see if he would actually get on it. And because he, his best was like 13, six when he weighed 165 pounds mm. and now he's like two thirty. So I'm just like, dude, <laughs> you gotta try it. You gotta try it. Yeah, just, just, let me record it. I promise this is for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you just tell him that the weight rating is 250, not 215? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we, as kids, we always got him to do this, the stupid stuff. Like with my, uh, my parents' cabin in Vermont, it's right on a closed down ski area. So we would go up to Vermont with our buddy Rocco and we would have my brother climb like a really dead tree, like see how far he could climb up it. And then we try and push it down. And it was on a hill. So it was like every tree that he, like he was falling out of a tree, like 15 feet high. And then it would fall the extra 10 feet down the hill just to see if, if we could get him to do it. And he, he never said no. <laughs> so we, we would always get him to do dumb stuff. It was great. Um, okay. I have one more for you. Unpaid or underrated throwing up at Tough Mudder? So, throwing up at the Tough Mudder is underrated because it makes you feel so much better. <laughs> but never never drink a 12-pack of Mountain Dew and eat like a half dozen eggs and pancakes. And then was it spike energy drinks or some kind of pre-workout? And like, I think I was 23 at the time. And I thought that all of those like tough mutters and all of that stuff was stupid. 
so I intentionally didn't train for it at all. I just showed it up. <laughs> got you. And so like, oh, I got my ass handed to me so bad. And like at the time, like I hated like the CrossFit like culture that I thought of at the time. So like I thought that it was like this big cult of just like I, I don't even know what. And so as I'm like a mile and a half in, I'm on the side of Mount Snow in Vermont, just puking my guts out because of all the stupid stuff that I ate beforehand. And you you have all all hot, hot dogs and honey buns. <laughs> yeah. well pancakes and eggs and mountain dew mostly and uh so it's like you have all of these like crossfitters that are in great shape that have no problem you know they're breezing up the mountain and the worst thing in the world was like they're all like giving you like inspirational like they're cheering you on oh, as you're, you're getting it out and you're just like no i i hate you guys i came here to defeat you and now you're defeating me even more <laughs> all right so very underrated on that because it it clears it cleared everything out i did i didn't finish the tough mutter because i walked off after the like dangling wires that were like 100 feet from the finish line but i i was in such a like prissy mood after all of the you know the puking was just like a mile and a half in and it was a 12 mile course so it was like i i did 11.9 miles on it yeah, like did it just miserable? Did you still get your shirt then? No, I I didn't bother with the shirt. I I said just screw that to the shirt. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was Cartman. I was like, screw you guys. I'm going home. After all of that, they're like, let's elect. This is the most wasted day I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. After Sorry. all that, we're going to electrocute you. Have some fun. Yeah. yeah. No, my brother keeps trying to get me to do a tough butter. I'm like, just stop asking. I guess yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. All right, Keith, you got a few. I think I even added one there while we were chatting. So did you. You got the world is your yeah. oyster. Yeah, I got a couple I'm going to pick from. I'm right there, Mr. Big Steve. We got game, unpaid, and underrated. What am I going to pick? Okay, let's go with dog sledding, unpaid or underrated. Oh, dog sledding is underrated. So in fifth grade, I realized that the Iditarod pays like $50,000 for a grand prize. And I thought that that was like this world changing thing. I was going to say like, okay, what about the Iditarod? That's really fun. You went right there. <laughs> right. So in sixth grade, was it sixth grade or seventh grade? No. What? Yeah, I think it was sixth grade. I had bought because like on the farm, we we would get paid for, you know, any work that we did. So my parents would always let us spend our money on whatever we wanted. So I had bought an Alaskan Malamute Husky Wolf mix. And then I realized that I need other dogs to train him because I was going to get into dog sledding. And luckily, my mom knew somebody that was actually into sprint racing in, in Connecticut. So I bought two lead dogs from him that were, you know, sprint racing dogs and they ended up intermixing and having puppies so my brother and i at in middle school got into dog sledding and so i joined the new england sled dog club and i i did i, th I think it was like three races and the guy that got me into it he was buying a mid-distance dog at the like end of the year like 
annual meeting or whatever. And their main speaker was four-time Iditarod champion Martin Boozer. So we, we listened to him speak, and we, my mom and I picked up this, uh, this husky that, you know, the guy that got me into mushing, uh, he paid like four or $5,000 for this dog. Like, it made no sense to me because I, I bought my dogs from him for like 400 bucks. Mm. But uh, my mom and I actually, during intermission, they were like, all right, we, we got an hour. We're going to go eat lunch or whatever. And Martin Boozer actually had lunch at the pizza place across from the high school that we were at in Laconia, New Hampshire. He had lunch with us. And it was like, I'm like the super awkward, like, you know, 12 or 13 year old kid that didn't realize that he should have put deodorant on but didn't so i was a smelly guy <laughs> at like 13 years old and it's like th- there's like the most accomplished dog sledder on the planet that's like set the record for uh fastest times you know he did it in like eight days and 22 hours and so he he's right there at the table with us and I'm just like so shy and smelly. So I'm just like sitting there quiet and awkward. And it's like, God damn it. <laughs> you're just like, you're, you're, you're big Keith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another one of those instances. <laughs> so awesome. like, I, I got my, my Cabela's poster with the Iditarod map, like signed from him. But like, here we are 20 years later and I'm still like, why, why didn't I do, you know, why didn't I wear deodorant? Yeah. <laughs> Why couldn't I not be the smelly kid that day? <laughs> well, that's hopefully something you got remedied. Uh, yeah. Nobody likes, to, nobody likes a smelling training partner, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. We, we got that one figured out with the home gym now anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've had to have, like, talks with people to wear deodorant or Oof. just not, not invite people back, essentially, because it's like, Dude, come on. There's like, yeah, you can't be doing that. That's like a problem. Yeah. Set. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Anyway, so unpaid or underrated. My number two here, we're going to go with mixed martial arts. What's, what's, your, what's your feels and brothers on mixed martial arts? So I, I think I'm going to go underrated. No, actually, I'm going to go unpaid. Yeah. So. Like it, it takes a lot to get good at martial arts, and like I, so I, I tried like three weeks at my brother's gym. He was, you know, semi-professional with mixed martial arts. So my parents never liked that he was fighting. So like all of his amateur fights, I was essentially like his chaperone in case he got knocked out or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it. It's really cool, but like there's so many people that try to get into it. Like you, you see it with like the the 35 year old like strength coaches that don't want to do any kind of like proving that they they can like get themselves in better shape or whatever. So like they all default to like mixed martial arts and they all go into like the white belt tournament and they win a white belt tournament, but they're like you know, they deadlift 700 and it's like, yeah, but you're, you're fighting a guy that's like, you know, going through a midlife crisis and has never done any kind of sport before. So it's, <laughs> it, it's like, I, I respect it, but it, it it's, it's unpaid. It, it's very overrated. Just there's so many people that think that they're going to go somewhere 
Like even with my brother, it was like, you know, he, he fought a guy. He ended up getting his pec torn by a guy that ended up on uh, the ultimate fighter. But it's like you aspire, you work your ass off so much for that, like one big break. And like the big break never comes because, you know, you can call it like the whole politics of it or like you're spending, you know, 150 bucks a month on training. And then you have to go and like hire a boxing coach for your striking. That's going to be, you know, 50 bucks a day or 25 bucks a day or whatever it is for the 12 week or six week camp. There's so much money that the, the amateur kids that think that they're going to go somewhere and be like, the um conor mcgregor's you know everyone thinks that they're going to be you know the tom brady's of of mixed martial arts and it's just like no you're just going to spend a a crap ton of money at this gym and you're not going to go anywhere and it's it's like a ponzi scheme against the the naive kids that are like 20 years old and want to prove themselves yeah because there's like i mean there's so many people doing it and there's only really room for like what 10 champions or whatever, like between like all the big federations. So I have a cousin that was, uh, you know, an all American at Edinburgh and went on to fight in Bellator for several years. And now he's like fighting dudes in Russia. Cause he's just, he's like, you know, he's in his early thirties and yeah, he's still hanging on. and doesn't want to give up like the dream. And it's just, it's, you know, he's still fighting, but he hasn't done a, he's on like a main card in a few years. Yeah. Like my, so my brother fought at one seventy and, at one point in his career, he was, and it was after Brandon Ward had won the Bellator uh, middleweight title. So, like, he won the tournament where it was like, it was challenging and whatnot. And so, my brother got like offered a fight for like three grand, win or lose, to fight this guy. And it's like, this guy's one weight class up. And he, he beat, you know, most of the best fighters in the world, like you're going to get eaten alive. No, you're you're not going to take that fight. So Um, yeah, 30 grand, maybe even 10 grand, maybe, but not, 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 not three, three's, three's not life changing. That's not even going to pay my bills for the month. So yeah. No, like, like all these amateur guys, they're, they're dropping 10 grand or they're sacrificing like, not getting the full-time job that they could actually have like insurance and like, <laughs> you know, a, a new car that doesn't break down all the time. Like e- even the $40,000 job is life-changing compared to, you know, like when you started out, like out of college or whatever. And it's like, you know, you can actually afford your bills and stuff and you're not driving the, the, the 96 Ram. That's, you know, a piece of crap that's rusted out and you, you have to pour water on the battery. So that the corrosion, you know, dissipates a little bit all right so we'll go into my last one for unpaid or underrated and we're gonna go with slumber parties with crew slumber parties with crew are highly underrated so uh big scans and i stayed up just listening to the podcast on sunday night before we had to catch our flight and it, it, it was essentially like we were like school schoolgirls just like giggling like we we would pause the episode and laugh about something and then it would be like oh shit we gotta we gotta finish this episode we gotta go to bed we gotta get up for for the flight on monday morning so and then uh staying at the airbnb with uh eddie and uh big matt sesney was a lot of fun <laughs> so yeah i 
I highly recommend uh, slumber parties with crew. Nice. I'm curious if you, that might be like uh, you, you and Scans listening to the episode. How many other times in like the history of ever have like two crew been in the same room listening to an Anasonomics episode other than like the couple crew that are married couples and stuff like uh, that's that probably hasn't happened very often. It's like, well, what, what, who, I don't think I've ever listened to a podcast with another person, let alone another crew to like our podcast. That'd be kind of cool. Well, and the best part of that. So like the, the high school kids and college kids that come over and lift weights. Uh, so th- they all know scants from the cardboard cutout that's in my garage. Yeah. So like, uh, Matt. So I, I call him College Matt because you know there's so many Matts in in the crew. Mm-hmm. So uh, College Matt messages me and he's like, "Tell Scant I said hi," and then Scant and I are like sitting next to each other on the bed just watching Mike Israel videos, and Scant is like, "Oh, I got an idea," and so we just film something for Matt, and then I I send it to to him, and he's just like. Oh, that's so cool. I got scans to say hi to me. That's awesome. <laughs> so we need to get scans some cameo so you can start making some money. Yeah. That's good stuff. All right, buddy. Well, that uh that wraps up unpaid and underrated. He's give yeah, we we do believe you pass. We're gonna go ahead and air the episode and uh I got I got one thing and you moved on a little quick for me. Um you know, we brought up the uh the whole idea of these kids like staying in the house and paying somebody a lot of money for their for their MMA dreams. That's not new because we all know about the big TK merger, right? So UFC and WWE are now owned by the same company. Yep. Well, back in the 70s, Fabulous Moolah was doing that to people that wanted to get into wrestling. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not not saying that it's new. Well, I know. What I'm saying is like, how is it still happening? Like, (laughs) like after it all came out, they, they took her off of the air. Like, she used to have the Fabulous Moolah... Um, like the NX, they they gave her like some women's mm-hmm. tournament, and when this all came out, they were like, "Oh, we can't do that anymore." But there's so many old stories of these wrestling coaches grifting these kids, and mm-hmm. everybody knows these stories. But no, this time it'll be different because MMA is real, and it's like, "Well, come on, everybody, get your heads out of your ass." The, the, the other thing that was nuts was the uh, like all of the merchandising and stuff like that with MMA with the, uh, the Reebok deal was, I think it was Reebok where, uh, you know, they, they used to have all of these, you know, low key local, you know, small upstarts that were the, uh, like all of the apparel, you know, you mm-hmm. had, uh, I, I forget what the apparel company was that was okay. getting huge. Was like it, tap out. The, yeah. Tap out. Okay. And then there's tap yeah. out, there was the fight shop fight shop or something. Yeah, and you you had a bunch of those that were up and coming, and like all of the individual fighters, they could get their own contracts with all of these apparel companies for sponsorships, and they could get like uh, all of the random you know sponsorships for the sh- like their board shorts and stuff like that. And then once the Reebok deal came in, like nobody has sponsorships. You know, like um, was it Roy Nelson used to have like beer nuts or something like that sponsoring him, and now now it's like they took all of that away so like all of the the well-known names you know your your john jones your gsps all those guys they can get sponsors that are big enough that they can you know make money off of them but like the local amateur guys that are getting you know 500 to fight and 500 to you know 
I guess they call it like 500 to show and 500 to win. Like they, they used to make more money off of, you know, like a local jeweler or whoever it was that, you know, they get sponsorships for their t-shirts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And all of that disappears when everything gets consolidated into, Oh yeah, we have a Reebok deal. Wow. Yep. It's, it's not. And you know, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of MMA, but I am a huge fan of wrestling. And it's funny when the MMA people be like, yeah, it's fake buddy. It's fake buddy. And I was like, you just give it some time. MMA is going to be called out for scripted soon. Like the wins are going to be called Sometimes I watch and I just like um I'll watch with my brother and, and a bunch of friends or something, knowing nothing, I'll just watch the hype mm-hmm. video. Yep. And I'll go, that's your winner. And I will tell you I'm right 90% of the time because I oh, know absolutely. wrestling, so I know the work. Well, and that's frustrating too, because it's like so there there was one we used to always go to the fights when when my brother was an active fighter, I I always watched the, all of the fights. And there, we would always go to this one random bar and they did like some promotion with some local gym for MMA training. If, if you picked the most fights right out of everyone in the bar, you got like a month of free training and I'm a smart ass. So our friend Rocco was up in Vermont. He's, he's away at college. So I, I write his name and then I put somebody else's email address and I end up picking all of, or more fights right than everyone else just knowing what i knew of you know each fight or whatever they call up rocco and say hey congratulations you you won a free month and he's like wait what what happened because he, he wasn't expecting it but it was like there's so many fights like ryan bader was the the biggest example of that where it was like or even todd duffy where like there were these guys that they they set up to succeed and every, when Ryan Bader lost to like John Jones for a number one contender uh, fight, they just gave Ryan Bader like a like prelim position where it was like whoever he fought afterwards, he he just destroyed them because you know they needed to get his his uh, standing padded a little bit more so that mm. he could get back up to fighting John Jones or someone like that again. He never ended up doing it, but th- there were so many of those guys where it was like, like Todd Duffy had the fastest knockout like 10 years ago. It was like a seven second knockout. And then his second fight, he's fighting this guy, Mike Russo, who was just like the slob. And it turned out Mike Russo just like hits him, just like barely taps him on the chin and he just drops. And like his career was over. And so it's like, there's so many random fights where it was like, it's such a bad fight and you knew it was going to be a bad matchup, but you know, that's what they needed to do to be able to justify them getting back up to the the bigger name and selling, selling more tickets. Yep. Well, then, then that's my way of working wrestling into today's episode. All right, Steve. So with all that, I think we can move into our last segment. Do you have anything for us, buddy? Anything you want to ask us? I do. Um, what you got? So going back to equipment, because I, I know you you love equipment as much as I do. Uh, what's a piece of equipment that you'd love to have if price and space wasn't an issue? Uh, hammer strength, ISO row. Uh, I've 
multiple times thought about well if i get rid of my reverse hyper and i move this shelving unit a little bit further <laughs> out of the gym because like i i i like to uh put things like uh, the size of something the, the footprint of something in a gym in terms yep. of like a four by six stall mat and that piece of equipment's about a stall mat and a half if you will so like uh I just yep. don't technically have the space for it. And if I was going to, if I was going to get rid of stuff and expand, it would just be to maybe put a combo rack in. So the, the question was things that I basically can't get because of the sh- say shape and size or size. Yeah. Money. I, I solely for the space. I would have to probably be the, uh, the, the hammer strength ISO row, but uh, I mean, technically. So if, if I didn't want to have three or four squat racks, I could have like three or four big pieces of hammer equipment. But the whole point of my gym is to be able to have five or six people training simultaneously without like issues. So I have to have three, I have to have three squat racks and a competition bench. So I'm not changing that. So, but yeah, that I would love to have that back chain. Part of me is like, I could just throw it in the garage and just go out and use it. But then I was like, uh, I don't really have any space in the garage and it's like unheated and you know, it's just like gets water and shit in it. So I'm not putting a multiple thousand dollar piece of equipment in there. Yeah. And then Joey, um, actually this is for both of you, but I'll have Joey go first. Um, what is your favorite discontinued segment of massonomics? So like some of the examples I have are like fitness is finest comment of the week. Uh, what weighs more or real or fake su- supplements? Uh, heavy thoughts. Nice. Yeah, we'll go with heavy thoughts because it was always like, it's not that serious, man. It's like not that serious of a podcast. And I love that. Like, they'd be like, here's our heavy thought for the week. And it was still kind of just not that serious. I was like, the, they really played into that. Um, can I answer the other question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a log, 100%. Nice. A log. Um, and I would have one right now if I had space to overhead press a log. Do you so, know what, what brand you would go with or? There's a company up here. Um, I think they're called, I don't know if they're even still around. They're called Northern Strongman and they make a wooden one. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. And it's wooden and finished and it just looked so gorgeous and it was so expensive, but like just the look and the feel like it's an actual log, I, I would get that. And even if I think, you know, the plan is to put a shed out there, yep. my crash mats and a log might go out into the shed. Nice. I like, uh, I wish I could bring back what weighs more. Um, I like that one just because it's kind of like interactive. So like as they're drothering it out, you can kind of do it yourself and like form an opinion and have a guess and then like get the answer. It's just kind of like, it's more stuff like that's more interactive essentially. Yeah. So I, li- I like stuff like that. Nice. Oh, and let one more. Um, Big Frank from Lift Evil takes over the podcast. Yeah. It was a one-time segment, but just to see them die laughing and then you're standing there dying laughing and at that point you might even not know who frank is because you're like me and don't know who anybody is <laughs> and i was just like who the fuck is this guy and then i went and looked him up and now i love the dude i was so disappointed that because uh damager eddie emmett and i all did the lift evil uh strongman comp in yep. new jersey and i was so disappointed that frank didn't like fly out for the lift hard live easy i was really hoping that he would just because like we forced he, he was always like joking that he had he had hops which he does so i intentionally brought my just jump mat the mat that measures <laughs> you know uh vertical jump so at the end of the day like he didn't compete but like it was 90 degrees out and he's you know 
I got there at like 6 a.m. And he's out there setting everything up. So like at the end of the entire strongman competition, everyone's exhausted, especially Frank, because, you know, he had three days ahead of time of preparing everything. And he gets on the just jump mat and he, he jumps like 26-1, I think it was, at 385 pounds at the time. And it was like, Frank, you do have hops. <laughs> <laughs> You're not joking. A lot of hops talk tonight. I was going to say, the word yeah. of the today is hops. Yes, yeah. very much so. And then, uh, see, um, if you weren't into strength sports, what would be your hobbies that would replace lifting? And that's for either of you or both. Hmm. I guess for me, maybe, uh, I mean, it's a hobby that I partake in already, but it was something that maybe would fill the void. Just reading, I guess, like just something to like, like mm-hmm. m- help with the mental, you know, aspect of just dealing with life, I guess, just filling. Cause like, you know, I need, that's like eight, eight, eight to 12 hours a week. I need to like fill with something. So that it's yeah. not just watching TV. So I wouldn't get any community out of that necessarily as I joined, you know, one of the many book clubs that out there that the uh, crew are part, part of, but, uh, I don't know. I'd have to, have to think about that one maybe a little more, but I think reading's a good al- alternative for me, I guess. Big sports and books podcast today. Big sports and books podcast. <laughs> um, d- dying. Um, uh, I guess, uh, I was, uh, I've always been like, mm. This isn't this isn't this kind of podcast, um, but let's just say that I often I'm not like somebody who wanted to die, but I haven't always been too attached to living. So I've okay. always been a rather self-destructive person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we don't get into the specifics of that. Um, but, you know, having kids and finding lifting and then finding the community and all of that kind of stuff. It's not like a reason to live. It's just like. I'm less self-destructive than I've ever been. Okay. Right. So I'm not going to say lifting saved my life or some dumb shit like that. It's just like, if I wasn't lifting, I would just be constantly like drinking more and out there partying and doing dumb stuff. Like, cause like, so, so like everyone knocks on that one, but like, as you, you heard my story, like if my brother wasn't strong enough to lift me at 230 pounds, like I'd be dead. I, I think that that's not the same conversation. I think a strong person saved your life. It's not like if I didn't have the gym. Right, right. I, I would like, no, then you need therapy. You don't need a gym. Right. Uh, but I'm I'm saying like the, the idea of like strength has an impact on, on everything. Oh, absolutely. And I'll live longer because of it. Oh. And I'll have better health because of it and all of that right. stuff. But like, I just don't like things outside of like, drinking and watching tv and like yeah. so you know getting in the gym and doing actual things that's what it is nice nice okay good question though. I, good question one more yeah because i always think of that one because like at first i got into lifting because like my uh my brother got stronger than me and then so it was like well he's younger than me that can't happen and then uh he started learning mma and it was like well I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. So I'll at least be stronger than him. Nice. But uh, then the very last one is more of, as you know, my my eating probably disorders, we'll call them. Uh, do you guys, I, I know you have like a, a normal go-to breakfast, but do you guys ever have like a breakfast that you just feel fancy eating? 
like a go-to like fancy breakfast, whether it's like going to brunch and you always have to order this, or I want to feel fancy today, so I'm going to make this. No, no, my breakfast has been my breakfast has been bacon, eggs, and avocado for like a fucking decade. <laughs> like maybe, and then some cereal or something. Like I kind of have an answer. I kind of have an answer. So like I do eat the same thing for breakfast, like you know, five or six days a week. It's just uh, protein cereal. It's super easy. I can just eat mm-hmm. it on my drive to work. I, I literally just eat it out of a red solo cup. <laughs> you know, go to town with that. Uh, one thing I've been getting the last couple of years that. I'm trying to be healthy and still get some like good food is uh, I've been, I've found some places that'll do uh, chicken in an omelet. So like chicken, peppers, onions, mushrooms, whatever, but like chicken as the base meat instead of like a, a fatty sausage or a fatty bacon. So I guess I always feel like I'm kind of being a little healthy when I'm do that. I don't know if that's necessarily fancy, but. Okay. One thing I only order when we go out because I don't make myself is a farmer's omelet. Okay. Just ham, sausage, bacon, peppers, tomatoes, and onions in an omelet. Nice. But it's just too much work to make myself, so I'll pay someone else to do it. Yeah, see, that, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Because uh, like, I'll always do like... So th- there's a, a diner that always does uh, Eggs Benedict, but they'll do Irish Eggs Benedict with corn, corned beef hash. I, so, I was going to say, I hope somebody brings up Eggs Benedict because Hollandaise sauce is trash. <laughs> <laughs> it is. So every time I want to feel fancy, that, that's my go-to. But then I, I figured we, we would have to get into the French toast, waffles, and pancakes when each is appropriate. So like the, the baked like casserole French toast would be another one where it's like, I just want a special occasion French toast. That's too much work. That I won't do normally, but like French toast is kind of like, okay. And like pancakes are always like the go-to of like, I don't want to make too much of a mess and I don't want to like pull out the waffle iron because that's fancy. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll always say that like waffles are better than pancakes, but like pancakes are just easier. So you eat them more often. And then French toast is this weird dynamic where it could be fancier or it could be, you know, generic. So I wasn't sure where you guys stood on like when and where you choose between like French toast, pancakes and, and waffles. I don't think I've ever had a waffle outside of like a continental breakfast in the last 20 years outside of like, I haven't had, I haven't bought Eggos since I, I don't think I've ever bought Eggos. So since I moved out of my house when I was like 20, I don't think there's ever been an Eggo around me. So I definitely never had it. So what what about like a, like at a uh, like continental breakfast, like, like where they have the waffle maker. No, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the only time okay. I've had that, and I, I okay. travel a ton for work, so I always relate those as like being shitty because I'm I'm, I'm, oh, not okay. if I'm eating that. Um, okay, pancakes. I don't. I don't think I've ever made pancakes at home, so pancakes are always a, a diner thing. Uh, okay. and then French toast is hands down. You know, my favorite. No matter what, I don't. But I don't think I would like bougie french toast i just give me some like white bread and some egg mixed up eggs with milk and some cinnamon and i'm good to go like i don't i don't i don't don't think i've ever had a i've never had a fancy french toast i would never willingly choose any of the three really nope not a chance i will not make myself pancakes i will not make myself waffles but if my wife says i made you protein pancakes or protein waffles i will eat the crap out of those but i would never choose any of them see i'll never go with protein pancakes or waffles or anything like that because like if so like for my wedding I we we did a brunch 
and it was so that I could have prime rib and waffles in the same meal. So like I, I'm always doing like my carbs are my carbs, and my protein is some kind of meat. But I, that, that's why like I, I'm weird with that, where it's like that could be another like four hour podcast of like when when and where you do like brand name stuff or like you know like i I, i'm very weird with that where it's like all right i I want my meat to be my protein yeah or my dairy to be my protein but (sighs) well next time you're on we'll do a whole chat about skillet breakfasts yes Um, as it stands right now we've got to make room for matt like we've been trying to get a hold of him for the past like two and a half (laughs) hours uh so like dude pick up your phone because like it was your turn to join us on this round table and you didn't make it. Um, but um, with all of that said, I have been big Joey. You can find me on fucking Instagram. Uh, Keith, do you want to tell them where they can find you? Yeah. You can, uh, big Keith, Keith on 73 or go follow my orange gym at the no wine cellar. But more importantly, check out uh, unpaid and underrated podcast on Instagram. Go to our website, unpaid and check out Steve. Where are they going to find you, Steve? I am at Waffle Iron Gym on Instagram. All right. And don't forget to use our code to buy all of that obsidian ammonia that you're going to buy. Hashtag unpaid. All right, boys. Everybody good? We're going to go ahead and uh, see you next Tuesday.